Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking for a way to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. And welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us on this special Friday. Ah. Matthew's leaving for some reason. Oh my God, he's, he's running. I, he may have forgotten. He just may have forgotten his headphones. <laughs> I don't believe that he had headphones. Carrie is like in a seance here. Uh, he he might be he might be trying to reach the Cardinals from when they were alive. <laughs> just meditating, staying in my in my own Zen world, and trying not to be angered, as I know some fans are. We're trying to be. Calm because rage at 7 a.m. is not healthy. No, and rage at any and, time. And, of and any time is not healthy. But, you know, just making sure that you are in a great state of mind, just deep breaths. What'd you say? Smell the flowers, blow out blow the, the candles. candles. Yes, sir. Ah. Do that, and something just changes in your day. Well, you and know you what? You won't be as angry. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be sad because. The number of the day. Really hops and kicks. The number of the day is. Six. Six. Come on, Carrie. Let's try this again. The number of the day <sighs> really hops and kicks. The number of the day is six. six. Thank you. All right. Six in a row for six the Cardinals. Six in a row. Six in a row. This is terrible. Uh, you think? This is bad. This is very, <laughs> very, very bad. <laughs> so otherwise, how we do it? Other than that, I mean... The, way the weekend's coming up. Uh, <laughs> you got yes. that going for you. Yes. Do we need to address the elephant in the room? Yeah. Uh, I just put it up on the Insta. So Brooke oh, has okay. the actual elephant. I, I put it up on the Insta, which I think might go to the the, the Facebook. But yes, uh, let's address the elephant in the room. Brooke, Brooke has an actual elephant. I just feel like it's it's a prop. And Rocchio said that I'm the new carrot top. And I'm a redhead, so I take exception to that. Um, but the elephant in the room is quite... Quite literally, a elephant. You can go yeah. to Randy's Instagram and the Facebook, as he says. The Facebook. The Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter to see an actual elephant. And this is this is a prop for a little show that I'm working on. But also, we can use it here. This is a safe space. When there's an elephant in the room, the elephant in the room, guys, is what? The Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, they kind of suck. They, they do. And I, I told you this, Randy. You weren't you weren't in here yet, Brooke. We, we the the issue the elephant is in the room is that stars have to be stars. If you get paid a ton of money, you have to be a star. You have to be an ace. You have to be a three hole hitter. You have to be a cleanup hitter. You have to be whatever your contract says you are. And until the stars are stars, this team is going to perform poorly. Jack Flaherty goes out and gives you two and a third innings. It's not great. It's just not. 
<laughs> it's not great at all. And <laughs> yeah, what? yeah. That, I mean, Uh-oh. it's not it's not good baseball. Your stars have to be stars, and until then, Ruh-roh. you will see this team. I mean, here's the thing: we got to see two of the greatest stars in baseball this this past week, right? These last three games, we got to see Shohei. He was a star in his start. I mean, he he didn't get the win. He gave up a couple of home runs, and he and he gave I mean he gave up a home run and a couple of hits, but he gave he he struck out 13 people. He is a star. Mike Trout, first game, ninth inning, star. You have to be a star, and you 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 don't have to be a star, but if you are a star, you have to perform like one, and that's pretty much the bottom line. And you know what? The Angels didn't even have their superstar Mike Trout yesterday yeah, yeah. playing, and the Cardinals still gave up 16 hits. I mean, do we have to talk about it? Jack Flaherty gets the elephant in the room today, yeah, right? That's he does, the he does. big now, giant elephant in the room. The Cardinals did at one point lead this game. That's right. In the very first inning, Wilson Contreras stepped to the plate to give the Cardinals the lead. So here is Contreras, rifled into right, and over the head. Of Renfro, he misplayed that badly, and the Cardinals might get two out of it. One scores, streaking around and scoring is Arenado, and the Cardinals get a huge break in the first inning and take a two-nothing lead. Chip Carey, the call on Bally Sports, two-nothing Cardinals in the bottom of the first, but then it was four-two Angels. After the second, it was 10-2 Angels after the third. It was 11-2 Angels after uh, the fourth. And the Cardinals did add some garbage time runs, and the final was 11-7. Jack Flaherty did not do well. Two and a third. He allowed 10 earned runs on nine hits. He walked one. He struck out three. Did allow a home run. And he and his teammates continue to get in their own way. Sucks about today is if I was average, if we put together an average start, we win this game because you know guys came out swinging, get, get two runs, and then can't go kind of a shutdown inning after we get two runs there, give up the home run to even if we keep it there two to one, but things just continued to unravel. So we just we got to do a better job as the staff in general. I got to do a better job today was just staying uh, as wasn't good enough and uh, got four days figured out. He pitches like a guy who has a chronic shoulder issue. Mm. Oh, okay. It's it's inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get. There's very little command. He threw 74 pitches, only 42 for strikes. 42, 52, 62, 72. That means 42 uh, strikes and 32 balls. That's just not... That's not ace material right his, there. And then his ERA jumped from 3.94 to 6.29. Here's a question I have, and they brought this up during the broadcast. One of the hits was a three-run homer in the second inning. The 19th homer the Cardinals have allowed this year with two strikes, the most in the majors. What is that? That's a, there's a word for that. It's called barudal. But why is that happening? It's un- unbelievable. I don't know. And, and that's know, not just a jack no. problem. That's We've no. seen that with the other pitchers as well, too. It's an approach problem. You've got to use... These guys aren't that bad. You've got to have wipeout pitches, and it's pitch selection, which comes from a game plan that you develop before the game starts. We never had that problem with Dave Duncan as a pitching coach. Never had that problem with Mike Maddox as a pitching coach. That's an issue of preparation. And one of the, not everybody 
adhered to or was successful with the game plan. Michael Walker was terrible at getting two strikes and allowing hits or home runs, oh, right? Yes. You remember, Brooke? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Terrible. <laughs> yes. But there is a way to... I've seen this since I was a little kid with Bob Gibson. There, And I'm not comparing anybody. I will not compare anybody <laughs> on this team to Bob Gibson. But, uh, okay, I'll, I'll say this. There, the Cardinals had a pitcher named Lynn McLaughlin who started an All-Star game. And he got, got two strikes on a guy, he'd get him out. And you don't always have to strike him out. Tim McCarver used to say, you don't get hitters out with strikes. You get them out with balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get two strikes, and then you give them something that they just can't yeah. handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not striking them out. It's getting them out. Yeah. I think, you know, it's it's all of that. It's pitch selection. It's pitch location. Uh, we've talked about it. I, I can't remember who it was, but the, the, the Contreras sitting on the ground and the pitch hanging up over the middle of the plate. Those types of things are – you can have all of the, the, the analytics, the information, but if the pitch – where it's pitched is not perfect or in the right spot, it's going to get hit hard. And, Brooke, you, you mentioned something yesterday – um, asking about how many times have the Cardinals scored in an, in a half inning and then turned around and gave that lead back up. I, I wish I, we need to figure out how many times the Cardinals have had the lead and yeah. then ended up losing it in the next half inning because their pitching just didn't perform Fed, to yeah. the level that it needed to in order to, to, to finish that inning and to keep that lead. It's frustrating to watch. Well, it's, and that, it's bad all over. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the thing. It seems like... Once one thing you think is fine, because look, offense has been an issue as well. It has been underperforming. And then typically when you have seven runs in a game, I would say that that's enough to win a game. But it seems like even when the Cardinals are technically good in an area, the other team is always way better. It ain't it ain't enough when you give up 10 in the first three. Yes. No. And the boos were there again. And I think rightfully so. I, I like to see that a lot of the players were owning that a little bit more yesterday, that they understand the frustration. Because you, there's no way to really make sense of what we're seeing right now. No, there isn't. So the Cardinals will play the Tigers tonight at the ballpark. And they've lost six in a row, and they're dead last in their division. Meanwhile, NHL playoffs. Bob Plager always used to tell me, guys, that – when you notice a player on a regular basis and you notice him being a force for his team and he doesn't disappear, that's a player that you want on your team. Matthew Kachuk is always visible for the Florida Panthers. He was last night. He assisted on the game-winning goal Panthers over the Maple Leafs by a score of 3-2. Panthers lead the series 2-0. And, oh, by the way, Ryan O'Reilly scored another goal for the Maple Leafs in that game. And the Stars knocked off the Kraken 4-2, so that series is tied at a game apiece. And Kerry is somewhat happy this morning because the Golden State Warriors sure. were up by 30 against the Lakers, and they thumped the Lakers 127-100. to They did. I mean, Anthony Davis was present. Ooh. He, he street clothes. Oh, sorry. okay. He was there, but he didn't perform well. And I, I kind of figured that after playing 45 minutes the the game before, you probably weren't going to get the best performance out of him. I just think the Warriors are going to kind of keep up that pace and see if the Lakers, the older version of the Lakers, LeBron James, and the beat down version of Anthony Davis, if they can keep up. We do not use the term Splash Brothers enough anymore, do we? Probably uh, not. No, 20 for Steph, 30 for Clay. Uh, Clay was a plus 28. Steph was a plus 24. Oh, by the way, Andrew Wiggins was a plus 35 when he was on the floor last night. And the Warriors roll. Now they'll go back to L.A. And they, they found their mojo. And they're, they're going to win this series. You're, you called it in six. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, man. I don't think it's going to be a problem. No. Yeah. They're, they're really good. I, I love seeing 
Clay Thompson return to form. It's a beautiful thing. He he. I mean, as much as we talk about Steph and how he shoots the ball, Clay's shot is actually. Uh, it's probably 98% close, as close to perfection as you can get. It is a beautiful jump shot, and it's like, it's just amazing. It's incredible. He, he shoots the ball really well. Hey, we're in the 815 segment. Yesterday, we got a ton of mic drops, and we didn't get a chance to get to as many as we would have liked. So, our entire 815 segment today is going to be dedicated to your mic drops about just what you're thinking about the Cardinals right now because I know that you're infuriated. Uh, because you're a Cardinal fan and you're intense about it. We're going to talk to Jay Delsing at the bottom of this hour. We're going to talk to uh, MLS match analyst Ross Smith, uh, St. Louis City SC taking on Dallas tomorrow night in Dallas. We're also going to talk to Brian Jordan. He's in town for an HBCU high school combine this weekend and one of our all-time favorite former Cardinals and former Atlanta Falcons. And then Polo Asensio is going to have a uh, a new venture coming up, and we're going to talk to him. He and Brooker ha- have a new venture coming up, and we're going to talk to him about that. Also in the 9 o'clock hour. But next up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, which is 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! I know you got a lot of things. Sick of it. Coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Grimsley and Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we welcome your texts to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. We've got sick of it here on 101 ESPN, and kids, I guess I'm spoiled. The Cardinals have not had a losing season under John Mozeliak. Since 2008, the Cardinals have not had a losing season, but I'm sick of losing. We've only had it for a month, and I am sick of losing. <sighs> Randy, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't lose much, but yeah. I'm sick of it. I, I agree. I, I am. It's it's hard to watch. It's hard to just really fathom that this could be taking place at this moment. You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of people. And and I get it. You, maybe 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 people believe that this is the reason. But I'm sick of people already calling for Marmol's job. I think the athletes and this is in any sport i think the athletes are the ones that have to do the job and they have to be the ones that make the plays and if they aren't you are not going to have success it's just how sports go it's how baseball go it's how it all goes if you're not doing your job as an athlete you're not gonna win and so i i you want to fire my mom for for Jack Flaherty starting on his on his <laughs> correct day, his fifth day in the rotation, and going out and go, pitching two and a third? That's 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 Ollie's fault. Maybe you want to blame him because oh he should have got him out earlier. But uh, well, well, for for who? I mean, for what? What's going to take place? Dick Woodford's going to come in. And- <laughs> All right, <laughs> cool. Like, what do you want the coach, the manager, to do when a pitcher blows up in the first well, two innings? And Carrie, just to one five-second addendum to that, Ollie isn't managing. There. The front office is in charge here. So how can you blame a guy for what he's doing what he's told to do? Well, then somebody needs to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think, and like you said, it does take your players actually performing like how they should. That's why they're getting the big, giant paycheck, right? Um, and it's frustrating 
to see when you know, especially when you've seen the caliber of talent that this group is. And somebody texted in, I'm tired of hearing the talent. The results are not showing that. And you're right. The results aren't showing that. And that is what is so frustrating because we know, I mean, how many people, it wasn't just us saying this national media, everybody knew how talented this group is going into the season. Of course, you had a lot of question marks surrounding the pitching staff and Mm -hmm. rightfully so. We still have a lot of questions, as you could tell, especially after yesterday. But offense should be performing way better on a consistent basis. And and along those lines, Brooke, you don't play six months and win a gold glove and have a 394 on base if you don't have talent. You don't finish top five in the National League in war, like Tommy Edmond did, and not have talent. You aren't a multiple-time all-star, an MVP, a gold glover, a platinum glover, if you don't have talent. So... To say that the Cardinals don't have talent is really a disingenuous statement on anybody who makes it part. My sick of it, and this is going to get you guys possibly riled up, nothing against any of the players. I would never disparage any of the players, and this is nothing against Brendan Donovan's stand-in. I am sure that he is a wonderful guy. (laughs) I am still, it's like a quest in my life right now to find the purpose for Taylor Motter. I'm sick of trying to figure that out because I can tell you one thing. I think a lot of people, including myself, were pretty shocked when his purpose last night, or yesterday, I should say, yesterday afternoon, was pinch hitting for Nolan Gorman. Now, we did get the explanation afterwards that Nolan Gorman was experiencing back tightness. But guys, I maybe, what? why not Paul DeYoung? Why not, I guess, is, is my question. We have fallen in love with Paul DeYoung again. I'm not saying that, but I'm just <laughs> saying, Taylor Motter has not played, let's see, has not played since April 19th. And, okay, I I know that I discussed this with you guys beforehand. You say the game is done at that point. Paul Goldschmidt did give them a little bit of a boost of momentum in that game. They were somewhat responding offensively, kind of chipping away at that lead. Why not? Okay, Brooke, I don't know that this is the case, but I'm just going to throw this out there for consumption, okay? 1987, St. Louis Cardinals (laughs) played in the World Series, okay? They had a gentleman by the name of Tom Lawless on that team. Still lives in town. Great great guy. Played all season with the team. Had 29 plate appearances. Had two hits all year long. But then in the World Series, he hits a home run and turns in one of the most famous bat flips in the history of the sport. Maybe Taylor Motter is being saved for the World Series. Okay, while you're doing things on the Google machine, can you give me Taylor Motter's career kind of numbers and things like that? Well, I, let me start with Lawman. <laughs> the, the Lawman okay. was a career 207 hitter. Okay? okay, Taylor Motter's probably right there in that neighborhood. So I'm just uh, now one of the issues you have to deal with here is getting to the World Series, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> but you gotta play better to get there. Yeah, and so that's what you're uh, saying, Randy, is they're just preparing Taylor Motter yeah. every once in a while, maybe uh, like a few yeah, weeks, Randy, every a, once a week yeah, for that big moment. <laughs> but and I, was but I but here's the thing. Also a lot of people saying it doesn't matter. Even I, I'm gonna say it, you guys said it too. It didn't matter. The game was gone by that point. I get that. But if it doesn't matter, then you could also argue it really didn't matter that Tyler O'Neill hustled in that game or a little while ago. So are we saying it doesn't matter? Oh, <laughs> toe matter? Is that what you said, <laughs> toe mater? Toe mater. Taylor Motter, toe mater. Uh, you had a good... good so, uh, I mean, it's good to have good guys on the... On that's the, the thing. I'm B- sure he's a great guy. BT will tell us that it's really important to have yeah. glue guys. You got to have, have some guys there that are, you know, everyone's not going to yeah. play unless you're 
down 11-2 in the fourth <laughs> inning. I mean, yeah, and then everyone might play. Or just imagine if you had Juan Yepes on your bench in that situation. A little bit of pop. I keep saying it. Or, I mean, even, I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to, I'm just on a quest. Nothing gets okay. him. Just on a quest to find to his find purpose out, here. I want him to prove me wrong, Carrie. Special, I want it to happen. His special purpose. Okay, Brooke, I got to give you this because you'll enjoy this. Everybody will enjoy this because we love the lawman. He's great. Okay, lawman. O for March and April. O for May. O for June. O for July. He got a hit in August and he got a hit in September. <laughs> and he was here the whole time. And he, the, and he got season. a hit in the World Series, most important. Yep. Okay. World Series home yeah, run. we just got to get there. We got to get there, and that's Toe Motter's big moment. Matthew Rocky was running his hand down his face like, oh my God. What do you got there, big boy? Because the, the things we're having to reach for. Uh, I'm sick of Lawman. Man, he should have been a major. Well, he was a major, major league. Interim manager for a while, but he would have been a great major league manager. We love the law man. I am sick of hearing about the success we've had under Mosaic. Appears that that success was due to Yadi or Molina. Our pitcher's ERA was about a point lower with Yadi catching. Kisner's catcher ERA is a point lower than Contreras's. We have to have a better pitch caller or a better quality pitching staff. Point of parliamentary procedure. Yes, sir. Who drafted Yadi or Molina? Uh, the chair recognizes Randy Carricker to answer his own question. That would be one John Mosaic. Oh. Mm-hmm. Can I can I Facts. can I ask Facts a question? Sure. Here, here, here's my here's my question. If the oh Wilson Contreras isn't calling a good game, Randy, does he have something in his ear? Uh, well, yeah, they've they've they, all they, got their little pitch comp so, thing. So, yeah. so how does that how does that work? Well, it, it either the pitcher can call the pitch or the catcher can call the pitch. The Do pitch. They, does he look inside to to get an idea of what to, pretty, what to call? Pretty much, pretty much every every, every pitch. pitch. So so then he's not calling anything. Not really, no. Okay, so it, then, it wouldn't appear. Now, we don't know this for certain, but if you watch a game and watch Contreras look over to the dugout every single pitch, it would lead you to believe that there's a signal coming from the dugout. And one would lend to believe, tend to believe that that, that call is based on analytics? Yes, Okay. So, 100%. So the numbers are telling the catcher, the, the, the manager to tell the catcher what to pitch. The catcher is telling the pitcher what pitch he should mm-hmm. throw based on analytics. So who who's to blame? Yeah, I would say that the uh, the leadership in the dugout or the leadership upstairs that pre- presents the game plan for those people in the dugout. But you know whose job? Zen place. Yes, there you go, Zen place. Do you need the elephant too for squishies? Yeah. Um, yes, I. But you know what would happen too in that situation? It's going to be Blake losing Dusty, his job. Yep, yeah, yeah. it is. I'm sick of people talking about how the Cardinals snuck into the playoffs in 06 and in 2011 and then won the World Series. They had this guy by the name of Albert Pujols on the team. That 2011 team was stacked offensively. I will I will, I will, will agree with that texter. I, I've said it time and time again. People tend to go with the exception instead of the rule. Mm-hmm. The rule is when you stink, you're usually planning your vacation yeah. around about the end of the season. Right. You, you got to do what's open. What is it? October. What's open in October? It's not Disney World because it's a little chilly down there. Well, oh, what you are you doing there? You can go to yeah, you go to the Bahamas. You go somewhere warm, right? Uh-huh. In, in the wintertime. So so Cancun on three. Like right. you, you got guys starting to prepare towards the end of the season when you know it ain't going to happen. The thought that, oh, it could happen anytime. It, it could. <laughs> you are right. I so, mean, it could start raining money right now, and we would all be happy and better for it. You're telling me that the smart move for the folks that run the ballpark would be to schedule October concerts I'm over there at Bush I'm just saying, Stadium. I don't think you'll have, <laughs> if they continue in this route, I don't think you'll have a 
Janet Jackson at the at Atlanta, Atlanta Arena mm-hmm. at the same time. I don't think you were yeah. running to that type of issue with playoff games. It, just based disagree. on what I'm seeing right now, unless they go and win like 15, 20 games in a row. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Very rarely do teams that are 12 games under 500 make the playoffs. Okay, man. Very rarely. In, in fact, if, I would say never. Ever. I would say never. <laughs> if yep. ever. Yeah. They keep expanding the playoffs like this. Randy will be getting in every year. There you go. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I really dug deep uh, for that. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. <laughs> thank you, Randy. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we'll talk some golf. We'll talk some uh, losing baseball. You know, Jay Delsing's dad, Jim Delsing, played for a franchise that had a tendency to lose a game or two. Uh, we'll talk to Jay about that and about golf next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. It is the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. You can hear Jay Delsing golf with Jay Delsing Sunday mornings at 9 here on 101 ESPN. And Jay joins us to talk golf every Friday morning. And he's with us now on the Celebrity Line. Jay, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great, guys. Just listening to the to the banter this morning. It's tough. It's, it's a tough, tough morning. Hey, did did you ever your dad Jim Delsing, longtime major leaguer, and played for the St. Louis Browns for a few years? Played for some pretty bad Detroit teams. Did you ever talk about the struggles that some of his teams endured? He did, Randy. When I was a, a little boy, you know, my dad we we'd go places, and my people would say to my dad, "Jim, man, we'd love watching you play for the Browns. We'd love watching you play for the Browns." And they'd walk away, and my dad would look at me and said, "Son, if half the people actually would have went to the games, they said they went to the games." The Browns would have never left and went to Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, "Everybody, everybody loved the Browns once they left." Yeah, well, uh, let's see. So one year that uh, your dad played for the Browns, they went uh, sixty-four and ninety-six. Another year, fifty-two and one hundred and two. Yikes! Yeah, so yeah, that, that's brutal. just brutal. And, and you know, guys, if you don't actually, everybody knows what to do, but sometimes that ball and just it just doesn't work. And right now, I mean, even from the broadcast, it just seems like everything is out of step. It just seems like it's off. It's almost unrecognizable. And when it when I went through streaks like this, I would try to go back to the very, very most basic thing I could do. And sometimes it didn't even feel like I, I could I could do it. But it's it's just I've never seen anything like this with a with the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. I mean, we've seen bad teams before, but not like this. I mean, 
there's good players that are playing really, really bad right now. Yeah, we're as you can tell, we're trying to figure out what's going on with this as well because we keep saying it. This is such a talented group, and it's just underwhelming right now, Jay. Yeah, I, I mean, you, 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 I, I think it just gives you an appreciation for how hard the sport is. But guys, there is, and we've been extremely spoiled. Randy, I love what you said. I, I hate a month of losing. I'm <laughs> like I sit down and I'm wondering. I don't know if I want to watch the game, you know, because it's 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 so difficult to watch bad sports when you've been treated to good for so long. I mean, when the blues were bad, it was, you know, you could just see there were turnovers and and if we didn't get the puck deep, it would turn around and be in our net before you knew it. It was just like you're waiting for the, the other shoe to fall. It's a tough spot to be in. Well, Jay, I also wanted to follow up with a story that I asked you out about before about Roy McIlroy, if he was actually going to get fined. Um, and it looks like that that actually is going to happen. He's going to be fined $3 million. But I think the unspoken question was, would, would the rules actually apply to him with the PGA Tour? And they definitely said yes, even though he's been really kind of an advocate for the PGA Tour versus live. Yeah, you know what, Brooke, if they didn't follow through with that, then the whole this thing would really start coming down on them, in my opinion. I I, didn't, I, I think that Rory knew he was going to be fined. I mean, it's not that $3 million is a boatload of money. It's a ridiculous amount of money. But when you're making the sort of money that he, he – Rory just – Rory's game was in amazing – this is this speaks to how difficult this thing is as well, guys. Rory was playing probably some of the best golf of his career. Now, he's won four majors in one of the – one of only, I think, three people to have won four majors before his 25th birthday. He's played great golf before. But coming into the Masters this year, guys, he was playing as well as anybody. He was playing as well as anybody, and he stunk at Augusta. He didn't even threaten to make the cut. And so he he just pulled back. He hasn't played since. I mean, he hasn't played in over a month. And he just he's, – he just – He's just taking the ramifications. I mean, he's got a huge bank account, a big fat wallet, so he probably doesn't really care too much about the $3 million. But they had to levy it, and they had to see it through, or else, boy, we would have really heard it. Jay, we, you're talking about Rory and, and you know him winning so many majors before the age of 25. Him and, and Jordan Spieth seemed like – few years ago they were going to be golf's you know faces and and it just hasn't happened in the way or the manner that that we thought it would how hard is it to we we see what tiger has done and how great he is it just speaks volumes to how great he is but we thought that these two would become the faces of golf and and it just doesn't feel like it ever has happened just yet no carrie here's the thing that sticks out in my mind about and and you could i know you could speak to this in the NFL and your experiences, but it's one thing when you start pushing and pushing and pushing and you find yourself getting success and you get to the top of the mountain, how the hell do you stay there? Because you have all of this success. Now you have untold amounts of money that you probably never dreamed you have. How, where's the motivation come from? You know, that is really tough to do. And a guy like Tiger and a guy like Jack had different gears and you can see Rory doesn't have that, and and you, you look at you look at Brooks Kepka. He's won four majors, and you you're thinking this, it's it's just so difficult to do. And you watch the Netflix series and listen to Brooks talking like this is the cap that's won four majors. He sounds like he's you know never going to win another tournament again. So the, the, the guys, I think I think we can go to sports and and egos and 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 confidence is a really fragile thing. And I think when you have it. 
man, you got to really appreciate it and stay with it. Jay, that brings me to the next question. On Monday at the Illini Country Club in Springfield, U.S. Open qualifying will take place. 84 spots available. There will be five players that are awarded spots. And by the way, this happens throughout the country from April through May. A week from Monday, right here in the area, Gateway National, uh, there's going to be uh, U.S. Open qualifying. 96 players are going to participate. Five spots available. Can you tell us about U.S. Open qualifying? You've been through it before. What is that like? What's the intensity level like? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you get out there and you know that if you, you need to get off to a good – there's so few players that get through. How many holes are you and, playing, first of all? And so many. Um, I think the first one – they used to do 36 on each the the, the local and the um, regional, and they don't do that anymore. And the sectional, I should say. They only do 36 holes in the sectional. So you're playing 18 holes – and it's, um, you know, anybody, gosh, this goes on terrible. I'm going to say it anyway. Anybody can, <laughs> anybody that's a good player can have one of those days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, guys, where all the putts go in and you shoot. When, when you get a 36 hole qualifying, it's a little harder to keep that going because you got to sit down you got to have lunch. You got to, you know, you, you've, you've got to realize where you are. And a lot, oftentimes that, that great round will get kind of dinged up a little bit if the player's not comfortable or, or kind of U.S. Open worthy, so to speak. But it's a it's a hell of a uh, – you, you don't want to look and, and consider the odds at all. You just want to go out and try to play the golf course and get off to a good start and try to make some birdies because um, the, the numbers in getting in the qualifiers are, are really, really difficult, especially nowadays there's so many good players. So, Randy, one of the things that you you know you don't you, you don't want one of those starts where you're three over after four holes, you know you get there and you start thinking, man, maybe I should just go ahead and leave after nine holes. You, you've got to stay in there. You've got to try to get off to a good start, and and just try to play the golf course because it, it can be such a mental, oh man, just a beatdown if you start thinking about how difficult it is to get five spots out with ninety six players playing. And then you move on from these local qualifying to the regionals and every single one of them, because you're literally, if you're really good, you're one shot away from either making it or missing it. You have to be perfect. The regionals are a nightmare. The regionals are a nightmare because you're going to get. So think of it this way, guys. You're going to probably have in various spots, you're going to probably have close to 100 PGA Tour players trying to qualify that won't make it. They won't make it because just the numbers get they they just don't support it because there's not enough spots for good players. So when you go to so they'll have a special qualifying spot for the PGA Tour area. Usually one like where they'll where they'll finish playing. Oftentimes there's one down in Memphis, and oftentimes there's one around Memorial. So usually it's where Jack's tournament ends. There's a sectional, and then. The next week is, is usually Memphis, and so there'll be one down there. And if you don't shoot somewhere between, um, oh, I'd say six and eight under par, you don't have a chance. You don't even get a sniff. And it's, uh, man, I had no idea how difficult it was to qualify for a U.S. Open until I, I did that. And I can remember one time feeling pretty good about myself. I, I The morning round, I shot 68, and I was in, like, 27th place. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh, man, I know how to play better. Well, who the, I'm hanging around the wrong guys, you know? I'm hanging around the wrong guys. Amazing. Hey, Jay, who do you have on the show on Sunday? I've got Bernie Federko, who came in, you know, just a, a great guy. And he came up to Wild Crush, you guys. And then and Ozzie Smith walks in, and I sit there and think how lucky we are in this town to have – 
these human beings like Bernie and Ozzy, that the Hall of Famers that are just walking around, they sit down, couldn't be kinder, more giving of their time. And, and he was just terrific. And then and Cord Dombrowski from Dalhousie. You know, so we have this national golf club down in, in Cape Girardeau that, that's Dalhousie. That's a, a world-renowned golf course and really fun. So it was, it was neat to hear about Cord's story and how he created Dalhousie and, and, and how things are going down there. Everybody should tune into that Sunday morning. Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. Jay, have a great weekend. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week. You guys, too. Thanks for having me. See you later. That's our buddy Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN coming up. We've got to take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. And just remember, the number of the day, really hops and kicks, the number of the day is six. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Happy Cinco de Mayo, Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew. We got a uh, text on the text line, which is 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. And this particular text said, stop the ignorant yo-ho. You are adults. It's beneath your dignity. And I responded, please don't ever suggest that I have dignity. You don't know me. <laughs> Tell him, Randy. I just imagine this person, you l- like, you know, getting out their newspaper, maybe having, you know, a little cigar in the morning or something like that. And just they, like, how with their, dare with their they? pinky up yeah. as they drink the, it's tea. It's probably, it's, tea. it's probably not coffee. Oh, no. yeah. A fancy, beyond them. fancy drinker, right? And, and who said we're adults? We're, <laughs> we're stretching there. Do you have to put your pearls on to clutch them? Or can you just, like... Just like walk around with them in your hand. Like you have. Oh, heavens. I have never heard anything like this on my morning talk show. <laughs> my heavens. What is it? My heavens. I have never. I just wanted to listen to some classic talking this morning. And this is what I wake up to. <laughs> I love Southern Bell Brook. This is she is awesome. Oh, oh man, uh, guys! Five different St. Louis Battlehawks are going to receive NFL tryouts, but one of them is not AJ McCarron. Take it or leave it. AJ McCarron should be a quarterback in the NFL. Um, I'll take it. I think he probably he probably was offered something. I mean, but you know, he said last year going into this year he took less money. Yeah. Because he wanted the opportunity to actually play and for his kids to see him playing. So maybe there was an opportunity there, but he chose to go in a different direction. Yes. Randy, uh, big news in the NBA yesterday. Not the Warriors, um, not the Knicks or anyone else. Mike Budenholzer from the Milwaukee Bucks was fired. Take it or leave it. The Bucks are going to hire Ime Udoka. I think he already went to Houston, didn't he? No. Did he go to Houston? I think, they, to Houston? I think it's agreement in principle. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know if I it's been 100% were, finalized. I thought, Nick, I, I'm saying Nick Nurse is, I don't I think, think Udoka's going to beat Nick Nurse to Houston. I, think I thought, no, I thought Nick Nurse was going to Houston. That was the original report, but that I think was. it's changing. 
Yeah. Really? I think you don't. Let's, let's double check. I, I think Houston has their guy. Yeah, it is. A, it, apparently, yeah. Uh, it is official. Yeah, Yudoka to Houston, right? Yeah, it is official. Yeah. Ime Yudoka. I, when did that is, happen? I missed that. Yeah, I think last week. So, really? but here's I the thing. Nick was going there. Somebody. What Giannis you think is going to hire the next guy. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis hire. fired okay. Budenholzer, and he'll hire the next guy. You think uh, Budenholzer is still holding on to that timeout? <laughs> he, he didn't call. Yeah. Well, and then here's the thing: when He's Giannis say for his next team, yeah, when, when they lose the series, and Giannis says, "I really would have liked to have defended Butler more," that was the death knell for Budenholzer. Hmm. Yeah, Giannis has that capability. So, but I wonder if is Nick Nurse good enough to be the guy in Milwaukee? I don't know. I, I think he's really. I don't know who they're gonna. I don't know who they hired then. I don't either. Frank Vogel. You don't want Frank. Not nothing against Frank. No, no, I'm with you. But I heard, it, it should be Nick Nurse. Uh, <laughs> want, yeah, let's find some new blood. Yeah. I don't recycle coaches. That's fair. I, I keep going back and forth in my take it or leave it because I should be more serious. I should be more serious. Do it. Do it. Do it. Southern no, we shouldn't Brooke. be serious. We just I found do that declare. Out. <laughs> I do declare. Declare. <laughs> That's how you should do it, right? <laughs> take it or leave it. Taylor Motter should not be here right now. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just sticking with the theme. I'm sticking with the theme right the now, thing. guys. There's a lot of Cardinal people listening, and the oh, no. ultimate goal here. I don't, I don't, no. I don't dislike him. I don't want to think no. anybody thinks this is personal. Well, it's it's not. But you aren't happy, clearly, and they need to make Brooke happy. So no. I'm going to take it. <laughs> no, Brooke is not happy. She's very uh, distraught over this and trying yeah. to figure it out. It's just all jokes. It's fine if they. He has his purpose, and it's can, can hitting every purpose? once in a can while. Can we get the, the Southern Bell woman? I, 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 I do, do declare. <laughs> I do declare. My heavens. All right, the texts. And by the way, we've got uh, mic drops about the Cardinals coming up at eight fifteen. Oh, but no. uh, Matthew, what do we got on the old text what line? Is Rock looking for. It sounded like somebody's drink dropped, and that I was my. No, hand. Was just, okay, yeah. was your hand to get over. It has. That, that was Kerry being an Astros hitter. <laughs> yeah. Take it or leave it. The roster will change. The coaching staff will not. Leave it. Cardinals, that's their kind of MO, and things aren't going well fundamentally, is to change the coaching staff. So I think there there might be... A change? Uh, I, I, but cool. I think it'll be change for change's sake. I don't think that it'll, it'll be notable. Hmm. So they've like they've replaced the... The assistant hitting coach in the past. Oh, the bench coach? Yeah, stuff like that. But and, they wouldn't uh, do that know. during the season. Well, they've right? done it before. They got rid of, they've gotten rid of guys during the season before. Why? No, you know what? Uh, okay. He no, said say it. It. He said it's cosmetic. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> yeah, I agree. In, in fairness, Kerry, it's question. a Tuesday. I got a question. It's a, it's a Tuesday. I got a question. Yeah. We all watch Cardinals baseball, right? No. We're, we're, we're watching the same thing that, that I, I mean, I'm assuming that they're watching. Hmm? What the hell is going to change? When is it going to change? Who is it going to change? What are we doing? <laughs> like when you wake up in the morning, if you if you are if you are in charge of this, it's a calamity of errors. It's it's mm-hmm. all over the place. When you wake up in the morning, what do you say? I got to be better today. Mm-hmm. I have to be better today. And and how do you be better? How are you going to be better every single day? That should be the question that they ask, and that should be the charge. That they have for everybody in the organization. I got a lot of questions. I just want to know (laughs) if 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 analytics is your go-to thing and the analytics ain't analyticing, when do you change that? When do you say, you know what, we tried this. 
We tried. We gave it the good old, gave it a the, the, the good good try. Carrie, I would love to say that there's a chance that that could happen. That Mr. Dewitt would say, you know what? We put this in place 20 years ago, and it worked for a while. But now everybody else is kind of caught up to that style. So we need to do something that provides us a competitive edge. And what will com- provide a competitive edge right now, if you look around baseball, is mm. to go back to what you were doing before 2023. Just or 20, win, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't care how, I don't, man, you can. Analytics, there goes the math problem right there to the trash can. Yep, boom. Yeah. Throw it away. Yep. Great net sound. <laughs> got, a, got, a, got a couple more? That's a great net sound. I do. Take it or leave it before July 4th. Randy will agree that Mo needs to be let go. I will uh, I will disagree with that. I'm not somebody who advocates for people to lose jobs. I, I've lost jobs before. I don't, I don't like it. I don't think anyone should lose their job. But if you don't do your job well enough, inevitably you lose your job. Right. That's just how life Works. And I go back to, and obviously, when you're in this particular situation that the Cardinals are in, there are issues that you have to deal with. I find this situation to be much more similar to the 2018-2019 Blues, where you have good enough players and the the culture somehow needs to change. I I still believe in the baseball reference pages of these players. Let me uh, this is this I, I I agree with that. On that Blues team, who was who would you say was leader? Who the leaders of that team? The guys that you knew could stand in front of the room and say, "Hey, this needs to change. We need to do this. We need to be this." It because was, every team has that. When that change was made, it was Petro. So now, who is it, that? it wasn't O'Reilly at that point because O'Reilly was kind of floundering. Remember Ryan O'Reilly there was a quote he said when they were losing. He said, "I wondered if it was me." Right. Because they had been the, the, his teams had lost in in Buffalo. Now, who is that on this Cardinals team? There's an interesting question. That's the mm. problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's in every locker room that I have been in. I, I have been that guy in in college. I have been that guy in high school. I have watched other guys be that in the NFL. Someone, and it it's not always the best player. Sometimes it's the veteran guy that everyone listens to or leans on. Someone has to be that person. That is the one that stands up in front of the, the the team and says, "Hey, this has to change. We have to be better in this aspect, in this aspect, as a team collectively." And until that person, and I don't know if they've had those conversations, we haven't gotten any reports of a team only meeting, players only meeting. Mm-hmm. Until those things happen, you are not going to be good because you don't. We don't play for – as much as but, I love fans, we don't play for the fans. We don't play for our coaches. We play for one another. We want our teammates, our brothers, to be able to trust us, to be accountable for them. And until that happens, it's going to be a struggling team to watch. We're going to swing back to this before we get to your mic drops at 8.15. But it's a, a very interesting question, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pitch it to carry about the Steelers that, that he played on. But coming up next here on 101 ESPN, we've got former MLS pro and MLS match analyst Ross Smith as St. Louis City SC gets ready to take on Dallas FC tomorrow. And Ross joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. In a word, chaos. Oh, it's a giveaway to Klaus, who clips it over to Sistiaga and scores a wonderful goal. We're breaking down. 
Downtown City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. Champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, St. Louis City SC, getting ready to take on Dallas FC tomorrow night. And of course, you can see that game on Apple TV, that match on Apple TV. We go to the celebrity line now, and Ross Smith, who will call the action for us, joins us on 101 ESPN. Ross, thanks so much for your time this morning. How are you doing? I, I appreciate it. And all the time in the world when I get introduced to the, the celebrity guest coming out, I've never had that, <laughs> that line attached to me. So thank you. You are absolutely a celebrity. Let's start with this. Uh, some uh, some tough uh, injury news for SC. They won't have Klaus tomorrow. Alm is questionable. Blom is questionable. How does City SC react and respond with these injuries? They need to figure things out up front. And uh, I think that was quite apparent from, from the last match against Portland, where uh, Renico, as, as Nicholas, has done a nice job of, of partnering with Klaus. And I think that relationship is has been one of the better relationships in the league. But what you did see was um, with with his tendency to want to come into the midfield and find the game, you really missed somebody up front like Klaus, who was that pillar, that focal point to be able to still play into. So I think sorting that out, when uh, especially when you're away from home, to have that target player is going to be key. Well, Ross, as we know, St. Louis City SC got off to a very, very hot start. And now it seems like they're kind of taking the dip that we see with a lot of the other expansion teams. What do you think this group needs to do to just get back on track? Because we know how good that they are. And, of course, they're doing really well second in the West right now. But continuing to stay at the top, how do they get back to that? Yeah, I think it all comes back to to staying who they are. And we had a great long conversation with Bradley Carnell and and for me, he's one of the most candid, open managers in in the league. And he's straight to the point as well. And, I mean, he said it himself to us yesterday that they can't get away from what they are, which is, and I love your segment, controlling the chaos. It's, it is that, uh, that creating it for, for other teams um, and then controlling it when they're on the ball. Um, but it gets back to the energy. And I feel as though the energy has dipped a bit against, against Portland, against Colorado. You can look a bit at... At the altitude, it is difficult um, to play play in there, so you can understand that. But certainly against Portland at home, it was uh, it was unlike them, uncharacteristic to see to see um, another team control them in a different way, control the ball uh, the way Portland did, um, and the ease to which they found space. So I think they got to get back to their energy, the collective unit, and uh, and. And, and really making it difficult for teams to get on the ball. Ross, the MLS is a really long season, and as you said, you start to have injuries pile up. With the style of play, the pressure that they that they have, can you still play that way when you when you have new people uh, coming in and 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 you know, like I said the injuries that are that are taking place. That's such a that's such a great question, and I think that's the big question starting to be posed to. Uh, to the manager as well. Now you're in the this sort of next segment. If it's the you break it down into into three parts, you're in the second part of it now, and you tend to see a little bit of a dip. I look at it with San Jose and Matias Almeida, and, and Matias Almeida was was to the extreme in terms of energy output, one v one battles all over the pitch. Um, with St. Louis, it's not to that extreme, and asking players to do that amount. But you always saw San Jose take a big time dip. They were flying at the start of the year, maybe through halfway. 
And then it started to go. Guys' legs started to go. So I'm interested to see just how they how they sustain, whether through injuries, um, players coming in, or, or the, the mental uh, fatigue that can set in. But I, I do think, and, and chatting with, again, I'll, I'll reference it, Bradley Carnell yesterday, I think he's done um, a great job at mentally giving guys goals and keeping them fresh. He talked about telling the guys, look, don't think of this right now as a 34-game season. We're halfway there to the playoffs. So we're halfway there. If we continue our performances and our results, we're there. And I thought that's such a great mindset to, to give the players to think, okay, we don't have this huge chunk ahead of us. Let's just keep kicking on for, uh, for the next 10 matches and, and we'll get there. So I think that that on top of like the numbers that they, the sports science and the rotation, the, the number of players that they're using to, to come in and the belief they have in them, I, I, I think they've got a good formula. But, um, you know, it's, it's easy enough said, said than done at this stage. Ross Smith will be on the call tomorrow for the match between St. Louis City SC and Dallas FC. Ross, as you talk to people around the league and in the industry about St. Louis City FC off the pitch, the the stadium, the the attendance, the 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 front office, what's the perception of this expansion franchise around MLS? Uh, that is not an expansion franchise. <laughs> I think that stands out, and I was put in my place pretty pretty early on with, with my colleague, Taylor Twelman. Um, I covered the first first game of the year at, at Austin, and I was on the phone to, to Taylor, um, saying, Taylor, like, I need to, to capture the, the heartbeat of this. I realize I'm put in a position that is historic, and I, I don't want to miss it. And, he's, and, and I, I put in the word uh, expansion along there, and he quickly jumped in on me, and he said, no, no, no. And he, he gave me a great, um, a, a great sound bit to put into the broadcast. He said, Today, for the first game of the season against Austin, you're going to have a 90-year-old, an 80-year-old, 70-year-old, all the way down to a 20-year-old who has played professional soccer in St. Louis watching the game today. That's how deep the history goes. And so that made me start to feel it. And then I, I covered the St. Louis-Minnesota game, and to really feel it, to come into St. Louis, I went for a post-game pint over to, I think it's called The Pitch. And that, to see the history up on the walls and, and the players that have come through, so as I learn more and more, I think um, other people around the league are learning more and more that this is an expansion, isn't an expansion team. The mentality of the team is an expansion. You've got Roman Berkey, who we chatted to yesterday. I mean, his his teammate, uh, his former teammate, uh, Erling Haaland, just just broke the record for Premier League goals. Like this guy's been at the top. He doesn't have the mentality of a, of a new guy coming in and it's okay to lose. You know, so when you have that as your captain, this is a, a team, the history speaks for itself. The players on the pitch has the experience that speaks for itself. Oh yeah, we've been enjoying the intensity from Rowan Berkey so far this season. Can you tell us what to expect with FC Dallas going into this weekend as well? They're fourth in the West right now. Yeah, I think it's a, a little un, uncertain with, with FC Dallas. I think it's... Um, agreed upon around their camp as well that things haven't quite clicked um, but what they do have is talent Jesus Ferrer is one of the most exciting young strikers in the league I know I'm stating the obvious but um, the guy as he matures he, he grows from strength to strength and, and his play and then he's got a nice supporting cast around him um, I would say for me when you look at him they focus more and it's interesting they, uh, Nico um, Estevez he wanted to chat about similarities and, and how they want to press and everything as well but I think their focus is on uh, on different areas of the game and while it's uh, defending the ball against the ball for St. Louis for me it's more the technical side and, and on the ball and they're willing to play out they're willing to get on the ball they have technical players capable of doing it 
but they haven't clicked yet compared to what they did last year. And they played some wonderful stuff last year. And I think this could play into St. Louis's hands or could go against them because if, if FC Dallas turn in one of their best performances on the ball, then all of a sudden you put in the heat, they start to open up the game and, and St. Louis, you know, they, they could uh, run themselves into the ground trying to chase if they decide to chase. Ross Smith, we will be tuned in tomorrow for St. Louis City SC and Dallas FC on Apple TV. Thanks so much for the time this morning. We appreciate it. Hopefully we can talk again soon. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. All the best. Take care, sir. That is Ross Smith, and he does a great job on MLS for Apple TV and the MLS season pass. Coming up, Kerry's going to have a story about hating losing. That's an important one. And we want to hear from you with your mic drops. That's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. What am I supposed to be, like... Like, this is, am I supposed to say this is what we expected? What kind of question is that? I'm supposed to say we expected to be here in this spot? No, of course. Like, everybody's, we're all frustrated. Like, it just is what it is. We're way better than this. We all know it. Let's check Flaherty. Yesterday, after getting rocked by the Angels in the Cardinals' 11-7 loss to Anaheim, and... Jack Flaherty clearly is highly competitive and doesn't like losing. Mm -hmm. When you watch the Cardinals, and everybody has a different personality, Kerry, everybody loves winning, right? Everybody loves to be a a winner, but not everybody hates losing and is willing to do everything it takes to avoid losing. First of all, I want to get your sense about this. And do you you have examples from your football career, (laughs) maybe yourself, about hating losing? First of all, explain that difference. Well, I mean, when you hate losing, you will go to... You know the the furthest extents, the, the most extremes to make sure that you're preparing, taking care of all of the things you can, and you have an expectation of all of your people around you to do their job to the highest level. It it becomes uh, it, it can become an environment that is uncomfortable for people because everybody wants to win, everyone is excited about winning. It's the losing part when you don't win and you lose a game in a manner in which you know you should win. It becomes so infuriating, so frustrating that it, it's it's uncomfortable for the people around you that that don't feel the same way. So, I have been in that situation. I have been that person. What'd you do, Kerry? So we were playing <laughs> Cal, California Bears. Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. They were in Champaign. We were down twenty-one to seven at halftime. I'm reading the stats here. We had given up a punt return right before halftime. Uh, they scored to go up twenty-one to seven. And as we're walking into the locker room, everyone's dejected. Everyone's and I'm fuming. I'm not playing. I had a pick line in my arm because I had a staph infection. So for three weeks, I had to have a pick line in my <laughs> arm that went into a valve over my heart. So I am on the sideline with the bag that is pumping IV fluids into my system for the entire day for three straight weeks. So we walk into the locker room. I'm here, not playing, obviously. And I tell Coach Turner, don't say a word. Don't say a effing word. I got it. And so he looks at me like, whoa, Ron Turner, head football coach, me, fifth year senior, captain of the team. Don't say nothing. I got it. And I stand up on a chair in front of the team and I snap. 
I almost, Randy, this is no exaggeration, I said, if I could pull this thing out, I would pull it out, and I would go out there. And I started pulling the pick line. I feel it burning out of my arm because I actually started pulling it. And I'm sna- and you better go out there and do what you want to do. And I'm losing it, and the entire team is looking at me like, oh, my God. He's crazy. And we go out there, Kelvin Hayden, who ended up being a very good cornerback for the uh, Chicago Bears. I'm sorry, Indianapolis Colts against the Chicago Bears. They had a Super Bowl. He goes out and scores a 72-yard touchdown, a couple of plays into the third quarter. And we actually put ourselves in a position with a few minutes left in that game, a few seconds left in that game to win. We didn't get a pass off. They got a sack. But it was that moment. I still have teammates to this day. Freshmen that were, uh, uh, you know, red shirting that weren't playing that still tell man when you did that we were, we mm-hmm. we, we knew what we, every every man in that room, I you don't look away, don't turn your I will come I will dive off of this chair and tackle you if you are not locked in and engaged in what we are doing right now and granted that's college I've had that we've had that in the NFL where Kelly guys Chase was hold that guy with the each blues. other mm-hmm. accountable. You have to have guys in your locker room, in your clubhouse, that are willing to go to extremes. People didn't like Michael Jordan. His teammates hated him. They won six championships. It was a love-hate relationship because he hated losing more than he may have liked you. It is what it is. Deal with it. Yeah, that's one of the things. And I don't know if the way Flaherty is performing now, if he he is – if he just holds that sway in the room, I don't know who holds that sway in the Cardinals clubhouse right now. I hope somebody does. Let's get to your mic drops. Roberts joins us on 101 ESPN. I think that the Cardinals are in an unannounced, unofficial rebuild, and they're just not saying it. Well, it, it, here's the thing, Robert, and, and I respect your thought process, but the thing is, you don't keep a guy like Nolan Arenado around. You aren't going to sign Miles Michaelis. You aren't going to sign Mats to the contract that he has. If you are in a rebuild, you don't have this team. You you just don't. You don't have this payroll. And you would have... If you were in a rebuild, there's a lot that you could get for some of the guys that you have. And, and that's just not in Bill, 81-year-old Bill DeWitt Jr.'s DNA. You think Arenado is uh, thinking maybe he should have opted out? No. No, I don't think so. No. I I think he's literally probably so hyper-focused oh. on himself because mm-hmm. he's just such a competitive, intense person. You can tell that this is literally eating away at him, yeah. that he's not able to perform <laughs> like he normally does. Gary, he's a, he's a big part of the reason that, that they're not winning. I, I understand that. Uh, I, I agree with that. But I, I, I ask that because if you – don't opt out. If you decide, okay, I'm just going to stay and, and you know, this contract is fine. There was there. I would assume there was some expectation that the roster was going to be added mm-hmm. to. This is the reason why I'm going to save you all some money to add to, to go get a starting pitcher, because that's been the concern all spring training, because they've had pitchers that aren't performing for, 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 uh, uh, pretty well. And you got some guys that are, it's just, I just wonder if that, if that is, you know, could that be bothering him as well? Well, that would be the thing is that would be a huge mistake on the Cardinals' part if they were doing that kind of line of thinking of like, okay, if this is what we agreed upon and we didn't go get mm-hmm. what you needed, because what was his biggest issue with the Rockies? And he was very vocal about that. 
and what did he say the other day? He said, hey, I can't believe people are making these determinations about our club so early in the season. He understands that it's I've got 130 games left. And I think that he probably is one of the guys that's willing to be patient. Janet, next. One last time. It's time for this approach for total analytics to stop. People need to to manage like they used to manage in the olden days. You can use analytics, but they need to have the gut approach. And the lineups have to stop coming from above. The manager should be the one that manages the club, not the people in the front office. Janet, amen. Amen. Agreed. Everybody just wants to be like the Moneyball movie, right? Like yeah. that's that's it. Yeah. How, did, how did that for the work? Teams out? that win the World Series all the time. <laughs> how did that work out in that movie? Did they win the championship? They did not, Carrie. Mm. They, they did win twenty games in a row, but then lost in the playoffs. Yeah. Let's get to Woo! Alex next. The St. Louis Cardinals right now are the worst team in the National League. Pathetic. With the players they have, like Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Wilson Contreras, etc., there is no way this team should be the worst. Now, there's a few things why they are. One being, John Mozeliak did not help the starting pitching. Literally, everybody knew that this team needed starting pitching. What did we do last year? They went and got an average Steven Matz, a guy who they just wanted to take a shot on, just like Mike Leake. It didn't work out, and it hasn't worked out. So... You could have gone out and spent big money. We've been through this before. You could have gotten Verlander, who hasn't pitched yet. You could have gotten brought back Quintana, who hasn't pitched yet. You could have gotten Carlos Rodon, who hasn't pitched yet. You could have gotten Jacob deGrom, who's on the IL. He's pitched five games and uh, like 25 innings. Mm-hmm. Maybe the play was Rich Hill. I don't think the Cardinal fans would have been overwhelmed by the acquisition of Rich Hill at the age of 43, 44. I, I really don't know what starting pitcher, and I wasn't seeing it during the offseason as we went through texts and free agency. I wasn't seeing those names of uh, Rich Hill, who who people wanted that are succeeding now for winning teams. Well, and Mosellock was asked about that. I think it was the Post-Dispatch that had an article where he was asked about that, about starting pitching that they pursued, and he said the two that they were, I guess, really looking at are starting out the season injured. And we know who that is, right? Like, it's the rumors of, we know that it was Jose Quintana mm-hmm. and then Carlos uh, Rodon as well. Those are the two names that he was referencing, I'm guessing. And I think everybody heard those rumor mills as well. I, it, it, The thing is, is I don't disagree. I thought that Jose Quintana should have been <laughs> Me here. Me too. I, it made sense. He also had a great connection with Wilson Contreras. You felt confident enough to give him the ball. In the playoffs in Game One, I think that's a pretty big deal. Maybe the Cardinals knew about his his health issues, though. Strange to me, uh, but I would say this: if you had Carlos Rodon and uh, Quintana on the IL here, you would be a little bit more excited when they expecting them come to come back. Yeah. Yep. In comparison to, you know, I mean, look how excited we are about what uh, Wainwright is going to mm-hmm. do when he comes back. We, you would be excited. You're like, well, we stink right now. We're not performing well, but we got these two guys that we signed in the offseason that, you know, we'll they're going to come in here. After and, the All-Star break, baby. Yeah, We're um, going to be able to get back to seven games under 500. Well, yeah. at least you're not following the same formula of going out and having yeah. to find some pitchers that maybe people aren't going to be that excited about at the trade deadline. Let's get to Lee, who's got a mic drop for us here on 101 ESPN. I'd like to declare a few a few suggestions. My <laughs> heavens, they are terrible. 
Uh, yeah. I declare. I declare. <laughs> I'm clutching my pearls right now because you are correct, sir. A lot of people are texting in the names Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez, talking about the trades that, that went down for well, the I know Sonny Gray. Uh, Pablo Lopez was indeed traded for the American League batting champion, who's now leading the National League in hitting at about 450, right? Luis Arraz. And Sonny Gray also, yes, he did get traded. Uh, that was also a bigger deal. I, I I don't know that the Cardinals at that point, well, number one, they didn't have uh, batting. Uh, you, I guess you could have probably traded Jordan Walker if you would have wanted to get No, thank you. Pablo well, I Lopez. mean, you're not playing yeah. here anyway, you, you, so what difference you, does it make? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not on the roster now, so I mean. <laughs> yeah, and the other, the other thing I wonder is, and I, I wonder this with all due respect, would Cardinal Nation have been overly fired up over a Sonny Gray who last year was, and this was actually, he was traded before last year. Uh, and, but before he was traded, he was 7-9 and nine with a 4.19. Would, would Cardinal Nation been, have been really fired up about that? Oh, no, it would, be, it would be absolutely awful. I mean, this has been a surprise so far, I feel mm-hmm. like, for him. I didn't even expect him to do this well this season. Can we go back to the offseason where we were told the Cardinals were going to spend more money? Mm-hmm. And did we? I mean, technically, no. if you want to, the, the technicality part of it, yeah. But in actuality, the perception, what what was said or what was what was thought of or or led to believe was not the spending more money that was spent. And the, I, I go back to this: Carlos Rodon wasn't coming here. You weren't spending forty three million a year on Verlander. Uh, you were not probably spending five years and one hundred and eighty million or whatever it is on. On Jacob Degrom, so would you have liked to have spent three years and ninety million dollars on Rich Hill at the age of forty-four? No, nah, so, nah, nah, not no. So nah. you you could have given Michaelis rather than give him twenty years, or you could give given him fifty million a year. Uh, it, that would increase your payroll. Well, now you're going to have to spend a lot of money on Jordan Montgomery if you want to mm-hmm. keep him around, which why wouldn't you? He's mm-hmm. been the only consistent arm you have in the starting rotation. Now he's going to cost a pretty penny. And if you were looking at kind of the depth as trade pieces, the value has definitely gone down on a lot of those guys. You're just going to throw that out there, like mm-hmm. the Tyler O'Neill, whoever you might be looking at. The trade value has gone down on those guys. Yeah, it's... Well, if, if you're the Cardinals, you better... Strike while while the iron is hot with Montgomery. You better yes. you better do that right now. Uh, so there you have it. We appreciate your mic drops. Thanks for joining us here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the fight for you here on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Matt. Matt, how you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. Are you ready to take on Megamind on this great I Friday? I will try. I don't know. <laughs> dreary Friday, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. That, well, I mean, I got as much energy as the Cardinals, sir. Right. <laughs> Cardinals have, sir. All right. There we go. All right, Matt. Here we go. The Milwaukee Bucks fired head coach Mike Budenholzer yesterday, making it three of the last 
four NBA title winning coaches to be fired. Nick Nurse was recently fired from the Raptors, but which coach was fired from his fired after his title with the Lakers? Was it Luke Walton, Tyrone Tyron Lou, or Frank Vogel? Uh Let's, uh, I have no idea. Uh, let's go Walton. Major League Baseball teams don't trade this early, but they used to. The Cardinals acquired Tom Bernanski for Tommy Herr in April of 88 and then traded him again in May of 90 for which pitcher? Greg Matthews, Bob Tewksbury, Lee Smith. Uh, let's go Lee Smith. On this day 50 years ago, the fastest Kentucky Derby was posted by which legendary Triple Crown winning horse? Man of War, Sea Biscuit, or Secretariat? Uh, Secretariat. Who won the Cardinals team Rookie of the Year in 2006? Chris Duncan, Adam Wainwright, Skip Schumacher. 2006? Mm-hmm. Um, let's go uh, with uh, Wayno. All right, we will double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Yeah, you might might as well just give him the trophy on this one. Not, not <laughs> feeling good at all. <laughs> you don't feel good. At, at, well, no, you know, those are rough. You got an opportunity. You never know. You may. You what may. Happens? Randy actually went like over one day, a couple weeks ago. Uh, was it one? I thought he got one. Thirty-one over. Yeah, he went over a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It was a tie. I forgot. It <laughs> happens. It was an yeah. O-O tie. Yep. So, Randy. Yes, sir. Matt doesn't feel very uh, good, but I'm sure you do. Say hello to Matt. Matt, good morning. How are you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself, man? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> the deep he took breath, a deep sigh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy, here we go. Ready. The Milwaukee Bucks fired head coach Mike Budenholzer yesterday, making it three of the last four NBA title winning coaches to be fired. Nick Nurse was recently fired from the Raptors, mm-hmm. but what coach was fired after his title with the Lakers? Frank Vogel. Major League Baseball teams don't trade this early, but they used to. The Cardinals acquired Tom Bernanski for Tommy Herr in Bruno. April. <laughs> in April of 1988, and then they traded him again in May of 1990 for which pitcher? Uh, that would have been Lee Arthur Smith, Hall of Famer. On this day 50 years ago, the fastest Kentucky Derby was posted by which legendary Triple Crown winning horse? Um, hmm. Hmm. 50 years ago. So the Seabiscuit would have preceded 1973, I believe. There was a great movie about a horse named Seabiscuit that I don't think even won. What was it called? Seabiscuit? Seabiscuit. Tony McGuire, wasn't it? I am going to go with a horse that was nicknamed Big Red. Its name was Secretariat, and it was a a pretty fast horse. Uh, And I always use this, and I stole it from Bob Costas, but when something is not just tied for first, but is way, 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 way ahead of second place, you say that that was Secretariat in the Belmont because Secretariat won the Belmont by 31 lengths. Ooh. Look it up on the YouTube machine. <laughs> like on the YouTube. Him, yeah. Out there by himself. All by himself. He was unbelievable. Hmm. Who won the Cardinals team Rookie of the Year in 2006? That's where you're going? Uh, uh, 2006. The Cardinals won the World Series. Uh, well, you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold our horses here. Adam Wainwright was really good, but I, Chris Duncan hit 22 home runs. Chris Duncan came up, and uh, Tony Larusa says we wouldn't have won the World Series if it wasn't for Chris Duncan. Uh, so I'll, I'll just I'll make sure that Duncan is there. I'll do the lifeline. Wayno and Duncan both have to be there, right? 
All right. Uh, I almost lost my piece of paper. Okay, Chris Duncan, Adam Wainwright, Skip Schumacher. I'm going to go with Dunk. (laughs) We have a winner of today's fight. Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I'm By the way, the reason that it was quiet here for a moment is because I'm wearing a Wayno's World t-shirt and I pointed at my shirt thinking, well, he got the final out in the World Series in the, in the NLCS. But I, then I put some thought into it and our late great friend Chris Duncan, I'm looking at his jersey right now, right outside our window. Uh, he hit the 22 home runs and he was the rookie of the year. You are in fact correct on that one and that gave you the Four for four, Randy Carricker, and a 4-2 win over Matt. Let's go over those answers really quickly. Mike Budenholzer fired by the Bucks. Three of the last four title-winning coaches to be fired. Obviously, Steve Kerr, the only one left standing. And it was, in fact, Frank Vogel, who was the coach of the Lakers, that was fired not too long later. MLB teams do not trade this early, but they used to. So Tom Bernanski was traded for Tommy Herr in April 29th of 1988. And then on May 4th of 1990, he was traded for Lee Smith. So they used to ship people in and out in April and May. Phil needs, yep. Jeez, man. How about that? On this day 50 years ago, it was, in fact, Secretariat who posted the fastest um, leg of the Kentucky Derby ever posted. He went on to win the Triple Crown. The craziest thing about that is, not only was his the fastest, but the person who came in second place, Sham, the horse who came in second place, I should say, who came in second place, Sham, still owns the record for the second fastest Kentucky Derby time ever. That's phenomenal. That like that's why you don't give 100%, Randy, because then you got to live with that for the that's rest right. of your life knowing that you could have beat anybody else on any other day. And who won the Cardinals team rookie of the year in 2006? It was in fact Chris Duncan and of course, happy birthday to Chris Duncan. He would have been 42 yep. years old today. Amazing. And so a 4-2 birthday win dunk. for Randy Carricker today. Matt, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Dunk loved Cinco de Mayo because it was his birthday. Mm. Man, you talk about a guy who could party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are some great photos on the interwebs if you just uh, if you just look for Chris Duncan. Uh, party, uh, you'll find some great stuff. By the stuff. way, when Randy was, was answering that question, my eyes went a little wide because he mentioned uh, the stat that Chris Duncan hit 22 home runs in 2006 because that was going to be the tiebreaker. I didn't think oh. you had that just off the top of your head. Oh. Just 22 yeah. off the, I didn't you think you had that just for next week. We're going to scratch that one because apparently Randy just knows that off the top of his freaking head. Alrighty. Coming up, we've got the bird watch for you here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Cardinals open a series against the Tigers tonight at the ballpark. Looks like the weather is going to be good. And, boy, it's it's a rematch of the 2006 World Series. So uh, let's just look at it that way, kids. Rather than looking at it, and I know you have a tendency to do this, but rather than looking at it as the 13 and 17 Tigers against the, night, the 10 and 22 Cardinals, let's look at it as a rematch of the, of the 2006 World Series. Uh, there's a, a little bird watch for you here on 101 ESPN. Let's get started. Yeah, it's not like we're going to have uh, Chris Carpenter against Kenny Rogers. In honor of the 2006 one. World Series, who has more errors this three-game set? Uh, well, that's going to be tough. So, But I'm going to go Chris Carpenter against Justin Verlander. What's the comp for these two teams in this particular year? 
because they don't really have a Justin Verlander over there, I don't believe. And the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken, don't really have a Chris Carpenter on their squad. So here's what I'm hoping, birdwatch-wise, that we get an opportunity to see the great Adam Wainwright get back to dominating and starting a winning streak. Yes, I, I, I think that that would be amazing. And I think also a huge boost that the Cardinals would need right now. Yeah, need desperately. Yes. The, yeah. My bird watch. We're gonna we're gonna take a little quick trip to Memphis because, guys, did you know that yesterday, Luke and Baker and Matthew Libertor were named the Cardinals' top minor leaguers of the month of April? Congratulations to them. Um, Matthew Libertor has a 2.14 ERA right now, 45 strikeouts, and Luke and Baker is also doing really well. He led all Cardinals minor leaguers in OPS, home runs, hits, and total bases. And he's a big fella. He's 6'7", 260. He'd be fun to have just because of that. I'm He'd be saying. much more fun to have than... Oh, I can't do it you anymore. Do it. I don't want to be mean. I'm not being mean. I, I like Tomater. It's not mean, it's honest. I just think I think I am surprised that they haven't just just tried, you know, moving some things around. And if you bring up a Juan Yepes, even a Baker, I think that that would be helpful. Why not at this point, right? Why not? <sighs> yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks on me, huh? Thank you. Uh, I'm still looking at the outfield. I talked about it yesterday. Now Newt Bar went four for five. Great, great day. Didn't have any RBIs. Interesting. Because no one's on, obviously, mm-hmm. when he gets his hits. You got four of them. Didn't drive anyone in. But Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson went 0 for 6 combined. Now, Dylan Carlson had a couple of walks. But, again, we're going to talk about this outfield ad nauseum until those guys perform and you get someone to the level of the person that they replaced in Jordan Walker, who is, again, not performing particularly well in, in Memphis right now, but he was performing extremely well here. Newt Bar also misplayed a ball a little bit in the outfield. You got to fit uh, this outfield is one of the key components. I understand that that Arenado and, and Goldschmidt are the stars, but this outfield has to hold up their way. You just talked about Chris Duncan being the MVP, rookie MVP of the of the team that year, and Tony Larusa saying if we didn't have him, we wouldn't have had an opportunity to win the World Series. These guys have to do their job better. They have to do better in the outfield. And when their opportunities are presented at the plate, you got to get on base and you got to get some hits. Hey, Lars Newbar, fan club, Newt. checking in here. It was, a, it was a decent day for Lars Newbar at the plate. He went four for five with a run scored. Okay? Yeah, he didn't drive anyone in. <laughs> That's not his fault, I guess. No one's on base for him to drive in. But nah, it was a know. multi-hit game. Come on. Uh, well, it seems like about everybody got to hit in yesterday. Yeah, not everybody. Tomater didn't. Neither did. Neither did. Dylan or Tyler. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to be unnecessarily mean, Randy, but I'm going to sneak in a new shot here in about two and a half minutes. The okay. lineup. Okay, so so. Uh, by the way, uh, Jordan Walker 0 for four. Last he's day been struggling. With the strikeout. He's down to 130 down there, but at least the swing is changing. Because yeah. clearly he was. I mean, for whatever. I mean, when he was here, Randy, I just I just didn't see him hitting the ball very often. I mean, it was 20 games, 20 hits. I, I, it's not enough for me. Quick question. question. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. That Jinx, was scary. Jinx, Jinx. Right. <laughs> uh, quick question. And then, sorry, Rocket, I'll let you get to it. Quick question. Steven Matz in this situation. It looks like Libby's still going to pitch this weekend, too. 
are you surprised that you wouldn't try to do something with Steven Matz, or are you just going to kind of ride it out at this point? I think they're playing the contract here. And I think because they're so bad, they're going to ride it out. I'll bet you if they were... If they if they had a chance to win, they would consider moving Steven Metz to the bullpen. But I think now they're we're ten and twenty two. What the hell? Let's just roll with it. I think that's probably what their thought process is. That's a great way to roll. Yeah, that's that's honoring your fans. Yeah, yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, you're hardworking. Hey, you don't men and want, women of St. Louis you, that pay their money to drive down to the ballpark. You don't want to show them 100%. I guess what I'm asking Clearly. what I'm asking is where is the sense of urgency of just trying to see if there's some sort of spark to move things around. They're saying be patient. They don't have the sense of urgency. They say, "No, this is a group. This is fine. We need we've solved the problem. We sent Jordan Walker down." So, and we brought Taylor Motter back. So, we've solved the problem. Now we just need to be patient. Brooke is not, you, you don't appear to be happy with the, that response. <laughs> Jordan Walker is far from the problem here. And Toe Mater, yeah. time to go. Randy enjoys the, the chaos of the Toe Mater. I like Toe Mater. I, we need to get some Toe Mater drops. It's been a week since they sent down Jordan Walker, and it, the big move was it wasn't his thing. It wasn't his fault. We, we got to clear up this space so we can figure out the outfield. Have a single question been answered about the outfield, other than is Alec Burleson an other everyday than you player? You shouldn't have sent him down. Yeah, yeah, that question like has what, been answered. What, I mean, uh, you have to play Dylan Carlson in center field the majority of the time. Like, I, I don't know what questions have been answered in this first week so far. In, in my opinion, Walker's not hitting uh, down there with his new swing, and you have no more clarification. While everyone in their right mind said, "I understand the rationale," so far the rationale has failed. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, or I said this when you when they sent Jordan Walker down. When you have greatness, when you have guys that are great, you don't you just get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You said God gave you something that I would never be able to help you with. I would never be able to teach you. I would never be able to understand it in the manner in which you do. I God did this. I didn't. I'm going to leave you the heck alone, and I'm going to allow you to be who you are. Do you want some things? I don't know. You you wanted the ball hit harder. He was hitting the ball pretty hard. His, mm-hmm. his exit below was really good. You wanted the ball hit further. I mean, he had a double in his, I think, his last game that he played in. He had a to, to right field. You want him to hit it to all fields. He was doing that. It, he's got. He had two home runs, which would be tied for the lead for the lead in this uh, outfield right now. What more did you want from him that you are getting from other people at this moment? Great question. Please, I would. That's the answer. Do not tell me. Oh, we needed to correct some things. Bullcrap. You either wanted to save some money on the back end, and in, and by doing so, you probably or possibly could screw up his head and, and have him in a place where you want me to change what? You want me to do what? I've never done that before. Why in the world? It, it, you loved every aspect of my career up until this point. I showed you... I, not even glimpses. I showed you the real thing while I was here, and now you send me down. So either you send me down for money, you don't want to pay me, or you sent me down for whatever reason, and I don't like either reason. Yeah. Now I'm mad. Yep. And there, since the last time he played, guys, they're one and nine. And what happens if <laughs> what what happens if you, if you mess this guy up? What what happens? You what if it'll be bad? Yeah. One th- he's hitting one thirty down there. What happens if you decided I don't like the way 
his production looks. Production's fine, but I just don't mm-hmm. like the way the production looks because it doesn't fit what I want. What happens if they mess up that career? I will never like the optics of that you do a whole fanfare and public, you know, there's so many different things that we can point to where you do this it whole public thing it, yeah. of saying, we're going to stick with Walker. He's making the open day roster. Seeing how excited people were about him, saying how mature he is for his age, which he is. If you've had the pleasure of meeting him, you know that he is very mature for his age and a very, I would say, confident person for his age. And those are all the things that you would think that you would like to have in your clubhouse, especially in this environment where you need a spark from anywhere that you feel like Jordan Walker could provide that. I just don't like when people publicly go back on their word like that, that you say you're going to stick with them no matter what, and then quickly that changes. By the way, can we make one other point here? We're micro... We're looking at, at Walker on a micro level. Let's look at this as a, a, a macro level because we complain about the outfield. Two years ago, Tyler O'Neill hit 34 home runs, had a 9-12 OPS. Two years ago, Dylan Carlson was third in the National League in Rookie of the Year voting. So are, are we to think, based on what they said about Jordan Walker, that they didn't mess around with those guys too? Well, and then also too, it's just I think I go back to we talked about this a few weeks ago. They're nervous I, I'm assuming you're nervous because of the things that have happened in the past. You're burned by what happened with Randy Rosarino. You're burned why, with what happened with Adolis Garcia, too. You have two of those guys, two outfielders that are kind of doing really well right in your face, and if you're afraid to make that same mistake yeah. again. Do you think that has something to do with it? I think that has something to do with it. But my greater concern, in addition to those guys succeeding at a high level elsewhere, would be we're blaming players here. We're blaming O'Neill. We're blaming Carlson. We're blaming DeYoung. When the Cardinals have told us, well, we wanted to change this guy. We we know that how many voices that were, were in Paul DeYoung's head. Mm-hmm. So is it really those guys' fault? Or are the Cardinals messing around with players that should be successful yeah. and have all have been changed for to their own detriment? Just a quick story, and I brought this up to you yesterday. Colton Wong, remember Colton Wong when he kind of went through that rough stretch, and that was during the Matheny era, right before the firing happened. And I'm not insinuating here that anybody needs to be fired or anything. I'm just telling the story of this is what it happened. And I remember people were talking about, I had just started covering the Cardinals. People were talking about how great Colton Wong was. He wasn't talking to media at that time. He was in a really, really bad rut. Randy, you know this. And then after the Matheny change, it was like a whole different person. Yeah. And he allowed, personally and professionally, right? We we saw him yes. blossom because Colton's a great guy. And I think he was just, it was almost like a little PTSD with the way he approached his career because he, he, he kind of flinched when things, whenever anything would go bad and they did send, they benched him and they sent him down. And you're right. He became a different person and a different player once that move was made. No doubt about it. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. Coming up, our Rush Hour Reset and a few more mic drops from you to us here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Off. 
901 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I don't know about you guys, but I'm scoreboard watching, and I was thrilled to see that the Rays knocked off the Pirates yesterday 3-2 as the Cardinals fell to the Angels 11-7 at the ballpark. So the Cardinals still only 10 back in the National League Central. Are we celebrating that? Well, here's the thing, Brooke. We have... 130 games to go. Yesterday was the Cardinals' 32nd game. They play 162 on the season. So uh, it's only a 10-game deficit. Magical things happen in sports. And yeah, Carrie, I know that you're going to be the downer and say it never happens except for a few times. Uh, <laughs> I'm just the honest guy here. I hate the honest guy. <laughs> I want to no, be... Rock, you're the, you're the pessimist. I'm the honest. Sunshine, Randy is sunshine. Lollipops and Brooke yeah. is... Everything I don't know. Brooke is... is yeah, she's just chilling in her southern bale town. Right now, what, where's the line between realistic, honest, and, and negative? Like, really, where's the line? Here's the difference. Uh, the thing is... The, the team, the players don't suck. The team sucks. And it shouldn't be that way because it, it, here's the thing. Is there a team in baseball, well, maybe two or three, that wouldn't want Paul Goldschmidt on it? If you put Nolan Arenado on the, on the market today and, and Nolan oh, said, you yeah. know what, I'll go anywhere. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give up the no trade. Nolan Arnado, I think they would be knocking the door down. Yeah, they yeah. would. I think Tommy Edmond would draw a lot of interest around Major League Baseball. I know for a fact that Dylan Carlson is still liked by a lot of teams. Jack Flaherty, Cardinals should probably move him. If the Cardinals put Jack Flaherty on the market today, and they should probably move him because they probably aren't going to keep him around. They've got other young pitchers that they want to take a look at. But they could probably get some pretty good stuff back for a guy like Jack Flaherty with his history and the fact that he is still throwing 95-96. And would you guys be at all surprised if Jack Flaherty would get moved? If Jack Flaherty gets moved to the Dodgers, if he would go on a a, a 2019-type run, would that surprise you at all? No. No. It would not. I think I'm looking at – we were reading some of the texts, and I think one of the things that needs to happen is some people need to check their egos at the door. When they get to work every single day, they need to check their ego at the door. It's not about it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. It's about us doing everything. And some people, I don't, and and you know, some people have this belief that I have to be the one. I helped this player. I did this. I impacted that. I no, you didn't. We all had a part in it. And so when you go in with the mindset of I'm the one that did, did this, and I'm the one that changed this, and I'm the one. It's not about one individual in a team. It's about everyone collectively doing their job. And in order to have success, sometimes you have to take a step back from the I and and say we or us, and how can we be better, and what do what do I need to do to get out of the way for us to be the best version of ourselves? In yeah. my history, that's every single championship team, is that you get everybody yes. in an organization, players, front office, everybody pulling the rope in the same direction. Well, and this might just be recency bias for me, but just being able to see, that was my first season covering the Blues, seeing how that team came together, Ego was, as you said, Carrie, checked at the door with that team completely. I mean, of course, you had your superstars in there. We all know that. But the way that they were able to not make it about I, it was a full team effort, and that's what led them to the Stanley Cup championship. I have never seen a team come together in the way that they did during that run. And along those lines, Brooke, you'll remember this. Alexander Steen was a top six forward throughout his career. He had a couple of years where he was the Blues' best player. 
and thought he was their best player still in 2018-2019. And Craig Bruby goes to him and says, look, you need to be part of winning here. And the best way you can help us is by being a fourth-line guy. Yeah. And he was the best fourth-line guy in the league because of his skill set. But he was willing to put the ego aside for the betterment of the team. Yes. He was one of those guys. And you're 100% right, Carrie and Brooke, that I just I don't know what the situation is with the Cardinals right now. But you would hope that people would put the ego aside. And this is really hard in baseball right now, but make productive outs and do the little things necessary to help a team win. Let's get a mic drop or two. Dominic joins us with a mic drop on the 101 ESPN app, and he's with us on the opening drive. We really, as Cardinals fans, I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, you've been losing, losing, losing. You just need to bring in new blood who weren't losing, a.k.a. guys from Memphis. Well, one guy from Memphis is Jordan Walker. I don't know. I don't think you bring up win right now. Is Luke and Baker going to play ahead of Nolan Gorman or ahead of Paul Goldschmidt? Probably not. No. So as much as we like the idea of him slugging up here, there's really not a spot for him right now. I, I just don't see how... Maybe there there is another guy down there, but I, I just don't see how a guy from within the organization is going to be the difference maker. I, it, I'm not averse to them making changes. I think changes are necessary. I just don't know if the answers are within the organization. Well, I mean, you would kind of hope so, because that's what we were talking about. You need that kind of sense of urgency. Doing something is what I think that caller is talking about. Mm-hmm. Doing something to spark this team at this moment. And that brings up a good point about Luke and Baker that I was thinking about last night. What is his role with this organization moving forward? Because you just named a couple of guys right there who would be in front of him. What what are you going to do with him? What is his purpose? As I search for purposes of players. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think that he's looked at as a top prospect. I, he's having a, a very good AAA season. And he might, you know, Luke, Luke Voigt was never looked at as a top prospect either and has had a, had a really nice career. I just don't know right now what the ultimate major league expectations for a guy like Luke and Baker are. Let's get to Charles, who joins us with a mic drop. Things are terrible. Like, really bad. But it's a collective bad. I think there's a lot of guys that individually are having all right seasons. Maybe not a lot, maybe a few. But when you look at our batting stats, we're pretty good. We just haven't been able to string stuff together. And that's got to eventually change. There's absolutely no doubt that part of the thing with the Cardinals is not having the ability to put put a streak together. That goes back to starting pitching. When you win six in a row, when you win eight out of ten, when you win 12 out of 15, it's because your starting pitching is good. This is bad. This is very bad. (laughs) I think this is a good text that just came in from the 636. It's not who's on the roster. New players won't fix the approach. This is bad. This is very, very bad. Depends on the person you bring in, right? You can bring in a guy that changes, and it's hard, changes the culture of the team. Uh, Somebody sent me... An AJ, it was Derek Gould interviewing AJ Przinsky mm-hmm. when he came in. When I think Matheny was hurt in 2014. Yeah, right. Or, uh, or no, it was, Yachty it, was hurt. Matheny was, was hurt. a manager. Yeah. And uh, 
Mo said to A.J. Pruszynski, hey, we need some sandpaper in there. You can bring in the right person. John Lackey did that when he came to the Cardinals. John Lester did that when he came to the Cardinals. You can bring in a person with some veteran cachet that I believe can change the demeanor in the clubhouse. Here's the thing. When you name those names, you bring in people who are who they are. You are not going to change them. Hell, Randy, you're not even going to go ask them to change anything. No. You would not, in your right mind, go ask John Lackey, hey, I need you to do what? His nickname was Krusty. He, you're not asking him to do anything other than what he's done his entire career. And we talked about the veterans that have been here, some of the best players that have performed here in, in, in recent history. Albert Pujols, do you think someone is going to come, front office, manager, hey, I need you to change this, this is a Please leave me alone. Do you think someone is going to tell Yachty, hey, when you're down and you're in your crouch, uh, crouching down, I, I need you to, hey, you should get out of my face. You think someone was going to say to Chris Carpenter, hey, you know, when you got two strikes on him, walk away from me now. Those are different types of people. And you just don't bother certain the, uh, great players. You don't bother mm-hmm. them. And so when you have a younger player, you feel the 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 easiness. It's it's a much easier to to have that that approach and speak to them in that manner, even though they are going to be as great as some of those greats that I just spoke about. That's our rush hour reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to an old friend who's going to be back in town for an HBCU high school football camp this weekend. Former Cardinal, former Falcon defensive back Brian Jordan is next on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And over the years, our late great friend Demetrius Johnson did so many things for youth in our community. And one of those was his annual combine for high school football players for HBCU schools, historically uh, historic black uh, colleges and universities. And even with the, the Christmas Eve loss of our great friend Demetrius Johnson, the foundation that he he ran is continuing and the combine is continuing and one of the people that's going to be involved over the course of this weekend is former Atlanta Falcon defensive back great Richmond football player and former Cardinal great St. Louis and Brian Jordan who joins us now on 101 ESPN BJ always good to talk to you sir how you doing hey I'm doing great man yeah it's always great to talk to you guys man Hey, uh, let's start with this because you've been heavily involved with DJ's foundation over the years and I know that it's a mission that you're really proud to be involved with Oh, no, no question about it, Randy. Uh, I got involved years ago, thanks to Dan Warshire and uh, his crew. And these guys support Demetrius, has supported Demetrius for forever. And when they brought me on board to come out to the golf tournament, I got a chance to see exactly what Demetrius is doing in the community of St. Louis. And I loved it. And, you know, it was a sad day, Christmas Eve, you know, losing Demetrius Johnson. I, it's a huge loss for St. Louis community. And, you know, when I was approached to, to come and do the camp, I mean, I'm with open arms, you know. I know Demetrius looking down, and uh, I want to support him and his foundation the best way I can. 
Brian, I, I am always intrigued by people who are so God-given athletically that they can play two sports at a at the highest <laughs> level. You playing strong safety for the Falcons and then playing baseball uh, with the Cardinals and Braves. How did you decide, okay, you know what, the, the football thing is, I'm not going to be able to continue to do that. Because you were starting, you obviously were starting and, and having great success, but you, you put the pads down and you decided to, to pick up the bat and stay with that. Well, I was kicking and fighting when they when they dragged me off the football field because <laughs> I wasn't quite ready to give up the game of football. But, uh, you know, of course, it was a smarter choice. Uh, the Falcons dragged their feet. The Cardinals stepped up to the plate, and uh, I had to make a family decision. I think I made the right decision. And uh, the chance to play in St. Louis for seven years was just uh, one that I'll never, ever forget the experience there. And St. Louis is home for me, so I enjoy coming back. Now, your time with the Falcons, you got to play with who is one of my favorite players in Deion Sanders, but also Andre Risen. Just tell me what that locker room was like with those two guys, because it seems like it was a, a war of words, and, and whoever got the last one, you, you never would figure it out. You know what? It, it was it was fun going to work every single day. You know, <laughs> you talking about the rivalry between the, the DBs and receivers, thanks to Deion and Andre Risen. Uh, they made it fun, you know, and I think they made everybody around them better. So I have nothing but respect for both of those guys. And you're right, Dion was one of my favorite teammates of all time because, you know, he made people around him better. And, you know, this guy has all the great athletic tools and speed, but he was very, very smart. And that's why he's, you know, in the Hall of Fame and, and well-deserved. How many young athletes are you guys going to be able to showcase St. Louis area athletes? We know that Demetrius did such a good job of advocating for St. Louis area athletes. And another thing I like about this is that it's free for them, too. Yeah, it's free for them. And I think right now we got over 300 kids coming out. So, you know, kudos to all the coaches that's involved uh, coming out to, to give these kids a, uh, a chance, uh, give them exposure. And, and a lot of these kids would never, ever get that exposure. So Demetrius really stepped up to make that happen for this for many kids. And a lot of kids go on to be very successful. So I think it's important. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad I'm a part of it. BJ, you also have your own foundation that does amazing things, uh, both here in St. Louis and in Atlanta. What are some of the projects that you've got going on right now? Well, right now, the reading challenge I have, I write children's books. I'm an author. So I, I love you know, interacting with, with young kids. I mean, literacy is such a huge problem around the world, and especially after COVID. we got to get these kids back on track. And uh, when I started reading up on literacy, you know, when, you, when you're building jails based on third-grade reading, it really opens your eyes. And uh, I never, ever thought I would be an author of children's book because I was that kid who had no confidence in reading. So when I get a chance to tell my story to the kids and then make them compete uh, it, it, it's awesome. And uh, the data has shown that the reading challenge is really taking off and really helping a lot of kids. So I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, I started my foundation in 98, just giving scholarships to those underprivileged kids, getting them into college. You know, they're resilient. They work so hard, but don't have the finances to get there. So, but I, since then I expanded out in 2004 with, with, with writing children's books and uh, we're really making a huge impact in the elementary space. 
All right, Brian Jordan, uh, unfortunately, we got to ask you about the Cardinals. And I, I want to ask you from this perspective, because every franchise you played for, Cards, Braves, Dodgers, I'm not even going to count the year in, uh, in Texas, but every franchise that you played for had big expectations. You played for some teams that had some pretty rugged years here in 94 and 95 in St. Louis. Take us into a clubhouse of a franchise where the expectations are high, but the results aren't there. You know, it's one, it's disappointing, and especially in St. Louis. I mean, our expectations were very high coming into the season, uh, and right now they're not gelling. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's pitching, it's hitting. If it's hitting, it's pitching. You know, it's, it's not working together. But I always say it's too early in the season uh, to really start saying this is the year is over. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, I know – uh, Mosaic is probably sitting back wondering, hey, should I make a big move uh, to really get things started? Or will these guys come around? And I, I think they will. Uh, uh, Braves, I'm used to the Braves broadcasting, and I watched this team get off to the worst start ever in the last three years. But in the end, you know, they find a way, they come together as a family, and I think the Cardinals are still in it. When you're in a clubhouse like that, is it is it? Do you feel like that it's um, you know coaches, or do you feel like it's the players that have to come together and kind of build that bond and have that that familiarity with one another to make sure that they're all on the same page? Well, it's the players. The players are going to have to step up. I mean, at some point, you got to get tired of watching what's going on, and, and that leader in that clubhouse is going to have to call that meeting and say, "Hey, you know, gut check time. You know, there's certain guys walking around on shelves right now because they know." Either we're going to have to change this or there are going to be changes made. So there's probably a lot of nervousness going on, but I think everybody's probably sitting around waiting for that veteran to step up and, and bring it together. And, and they have to have that meeting very soon. And I, you know, I hate to see Wainwright, you know, rehabbing, and I know they're trying to get him back there. Uh, so I think he's one of the leaders that can really step up for this team. Hey, Brian, being down in Atlanta, how aware of Jordan Walker were you? Was he even on the radar for you as a high school player? Yeah, I heard a lot about this kid. Uh, I knew he was a big kid. I didn't know he was that athletic. Uh, and watching him, he is, he is really, really good. But he was on the radar for a long time. I know Marquise Grissom. He works with a lot of kids here in Atlanta. And he had told me about this kid how his size and, you know, he just has all the tools to be great. And, uh, you know, to see him go on a, what, 12-game hitting streak to start the season, it's like, holy cow, here we go. But, uh, hey, reality sets in, though. You know, video, <laughs> guys are going to figure out their weaknesses. And, uh, you know, this kid, he has the ability to adjust. And, BJ, uh, I just – because you're in a really good organization with Atlanta, and the Cardinals obviously are a really good organization, but they sent him down. They said, we want to change his launch angle. We want to get more lift out of him, and we want him to increase his walk rate, which is fine. But as an observer for a long time, what do you think of that when an organization says, okay, we want to change the guy's mechanics? Well, I mean, heck, I, I think every young kid goes through that. Uh, I went through it. You know, when I first came up, I was – smashing the fastball and all of a sudden I couldn't hit the curveball so there were adjustments that I had to make as a hitter and the Cardinals sent me down and boy did they throw me a bunch of curveballs every single day (laughs) seven in the morning and until I learned it and it was in my head so I think Jordan Walker they're gonna try to tweak him a little bit but 
you know, he's an athlete, man. He'll make adjustments, and he'll make adjustments quick. You know, I know it's disappointing, but, you know, he knows he can do it. He's shown he can do it in the first 12 games. And, you know, it's all about confidence. You know, once they figure out your weaknesses, you got to bounce back and make an adjustment and make them find another weakness. Brian Jordan's going to be involved with the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation uh, HBCU Combine for high school players in the area. Uh, Brian, i got to ask you one more question. It's unbelievable to me. Tell me if it's unbelievable to you that Big Mac hit the 70 home runs 25 years ago. Oh my gosh, man! We are we are getting old, <laughs> Randy. Wow. <laughs> what, what's your what's your memory in your mind's eye of that whole season? What thing stands out to you? You know what? When I, I think when we played the Cubs and he hit the one to break the record, and to see him and Sammy Sosa come together, and the fans, I think that was my favorite moment, man. Him looking up his kid. Uh, it was that was probably the best moment that I I remember. It's it is amazing. It seems to me like it hasn't been twenty five years. Twenty five years? Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I'm, I'm gonna have to get some just for men. I see the gray in my hair now. <laughs> we were growing up together, and now we're old men. You're exactly right. Hey, BJ. Wow. Yeah. Look, look forward to seeing you over the weekend. Thanks for the time. It's always good to talk to you, and thanks for what you do for. Uh, our community and what you're doing this weekend and what you do in general, it's it's greatly appreciated. And I'm not surprised because you're a, a great man, but I really do admire it. Hey, thank you, Randy. And I'm looking forward to playing golf with you on Sunday, buddy. You're going to have to give me strokes. <laughs> oh, uh, no way. No way. Right, we'll see you there. Looking forward to it. Thanks, BJ. All right. Take care, guys. See All right. Our friend Brian Jordan on 101 ESPN. Coming up next as we head towards the bottom of the hour, Polo Asensio has just walked into the studio, the Cardinal Spanish language broadcaster. Can you hear the mariachi behind me? Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Polo is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Paso elevado, lejos a Jardín Izquierdo, para atrás Gurriel, más atrás Gurriel, sigue Gurriel, la pelota. Profundo, lejos para Vamos. atrás, Gurriel. La ve pasar la piñita por encima de su cabellera a la historia. Paul Goschmidt no solamente sigue su seguidilla. Dieci- That is the the great dulcet tones of the Cardinal Spanish language play-by-play man, the great Polo Asensio, who joins us in studio. The spectacular, the wonderful. Are you talking about my head or about my my talent as a broadcaster? Your your talent, your your head is glorious. It's getting bigger as I stand right here, Randy. (laughs) By the way, uh, happy 40th anniversary. Thank you. That's that's fantastic. Let's start a new tradition, kind of like my my homeboys here at uh, 105.7 with the Riz Show. Happy birthday, Riz. Everybody who comes in here or calls the show, happy anniversary, Randy. Thank you, Paul. And then we we can make T-shirts. Then we can make a party every year. 
Just make money. Let's make money. Oh, you, you, I'm <laughs> all for that. The, the, the entrepreneurial. <laughs> hey, the, the great, hey. the wonderful, the spectacular entrepreneurial Polo Asensio, <laughs> yeah. who uh, is uh, the Cardinals' Spanish language play-by-play man. It's always great to see you. First of all, thanks for stopping by. No, thank you, guys. I mean, it's it's a pleasure. And I'm just glad I got I got here right on time. Like, you know, I, I got here like five Perfect. minutes early. To me, that's on time. <laughs> so I'm usually five minutes late. So and, uh, This might get old for people that listen all the time. And, Brooke, I don't know if you're aware of this. I am not an avocado or guac guy. Polo makes the best. I, I had his guac when he brought it in, and I love it. I'm addicted to it. I keep hearing about it, but I've yet to see it, Polo. It, it, is, uh, it, is, it is amazing. Yeah. It, it's coming. Summer's yeah. coming. Uh, guacamole season is coming because you cannot just use any aguacate, mm. any avocado. You cannot use them uh, uh, like January, February, March. I mean, they're good, but they're not that yeah. good. You need the nice oily ones, and those come in November. So by now, they're getting ready. Yeah. Can you, so, uh, I, I want to make sure I get this right. Guacamole. Is, guacamole. Do I use a G or is guac? It's a G. Yeah. Okay. Guacamole. So I, 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 guacamole. Okay. Like, like you know that that like the the, the game at, at, at uh, what's the the rats uh, guy at Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. the guacamole. Like, oh. yeah. guacamole. Oh. Don't say mole because that's. Mole. That's not. That's the next. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Guacamole. Thank you. I just. I, I got wanna, it. I, I, out of respect, I want to learn. I stopped myself, Gary. I stopped yeah. by. You know, yeah. I need to keep it simple because I don't want. I, yesterday, I was accused of being something that I'm not, just because I gave somebody a lecture about Cinco de Mayo. Okay. By the way, Happy Friday, Feliz Cinco de Mayo. In Mexico, we we celebrate. Cinco, the, the, the heroes of Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. But it's not a huge deal as it is in America, the United States. Right. In Mexico, Independence Day is September 16th. Right. When we, you know, I wasn't born, but, you know, I guess somebody that has my bloodline yeah. was around that, I hope. I hope they were not with the bad guys. Uh, so, you know, we beat the crap out of uh french people and the uh, the emperor and all that mm-hmm. and we free our people and yeah. we boom you know we did mexican things um no for real so uh cinco de mayo it's it's a different kind of battle right. it's like it's like a small battle that happened cinco de mayo in puebla where a small army defeated the gigantic army of france but seis de mayo which is may the 6th that's when the real deal happened because mm-hmm. the French were sneaky. Mm-hmm. They were sneaky. They were like, like a sneaky fastball down the middle after a curveball. <laughs> the first day, let's send like 500, 600 of our guys. Then the next day, we'll bring like 3,000. Mm-hmm. So people don't know about Seis de Mayo, but... Um, but yeah, happy Cinco de Mayo for to, to celebrate. Congratulations, <laughs> Corona, and all those cervezas and margaritas tonight. So uh, let's have some fun, regardless. Let's have fun. Cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve de Mayo. Speaking of fun, when yes. will we have fun with this Cardinals team? When will uh, we as fans? Tonight. Tonight is the night? Yeah, we tonight. Get, we get on the winning side. Tonight. Okay. Like, 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 like Neo says, tonight. <laughs> you know, like Neo and Pitbull, dale. Um, tonight. We're going to start tonight. You know, the, the, the season starts uh, tonight. It's against a very uh, interesting and sneaky Tigers team. They all of a sudden got a little hot, but they're about to get cold here in San Luis. I still believe in this team. Mm-hmm. I From day one, I'm like, you know, this is my team. This is a team that I can get behind. And, yes, it's been really, really extremely tough. If anybody out there thinks that the guys don't care, you are wrong. Right. Uh, yesterday, I'm going to throw him under the bus. I had to take out uh, my boy Gio Gallegos on a date. 
You know, we went to have uh, mm. uh, Mexican food because, mm-hmm. you know, we need some comfort, some, some right. you know, some home uh, cooking, I guess. En Cuatro de Mayo. En Cuatro de Mayo. May the fourth <laughs> be with you. Another fantastic holiday. Um, holidays. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we, we actually went to have some Ted Drews, mm-hmm. you know, just to yeah. settle it down. Yeah. And as much as we didn't want to talk about it, we were talking about it. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? We're going to go get ice cream, but we're not going to talk about baseball anymore. He's like, okay. So we didn't talk about baseball. We talked about anything else. Yeah. And, and it was a lot of fun. It was, it was fun. Um, the guys are down because of the results, but they're up because they know this team can be and will be better. Mm-hmm. There's no chance that this team is going to stay like this for the rest of the season. Will it be enough? We hope so. Uh, what I, I tell people, the last couple of days or this last week, the other teams in the division got a little cold. Mm-hmm. So that's good for us. Right. That's yeah. good for the Cardinals. Now, if the Pirates and the, and the Milwaukee Brewers and even the Reds and the Cubs, they stayed hot, then we'll be 12, 13 games out. Right. And, and, and you know, as, as ridiculous as it sounds, 10, 11, it's not as bad as, as it could be. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing that we know. We know how talented this group is, and we know the potential they have. Is there any just one thing that you could point to as to why they're getting off to a start that is historically bad? I think, and um, please you know, understand my position here, um, there's so many different moving parts, right? Like we already saw uh, O'Neal in center field. Oh, all of a sudden something didn't work out. Let's move into left field. Mm-hmm. Newt Bar, center field. Oh, no, you know, now let's go to the right field. Uh, Walker, let's let's give him a chance. All of a sudden, oh, let's not give him a chance anymore. Let's get him down there and get a little more seasoning. Even the infield. Yeah, first and third base, you have no problem. The catcher, no problems. But Edmund, oh, now you move to second. Uh, Donovan, now you move to shortstop. When you, when you show up to work, or even the night before, when you know that you are part of that organization or a, or a business, and you know your role, you get it, right? You cannot have so many moving pieces, period. In any business, any sport, you need to have some sort of six or seven guys that are gonna be always in the same spot. The others, you can move a little. And that is something that I talked to Ollie about. And he's like, you know what? This is what we have right now. This is what we have to work with. And yes, this is what we, we have to work with. But sometimes we need uh, stability. More than flexibility, stability. And this team needs a little bit of that. I've been saying that for about a month and a half now. The the constant moving of parts as you speak about it's it, it's difficult as a player when you don't know day to day if you're going to be in the lineup, and that was the situation when Walker was here and they they moved him down. So now you have a little bit more stability in the outfield. But when you go to the ballpark every day and you don't know what your role is for that day or if you're going to have a role, I think that's difficult as a player to to, to get on board with every single day. And and not only that, but difficult. For young players. Yes. When you're a veteran, like like we saw the Angels, right? They had Jake Lamb. They have Gio Urshela. They have Brandon Drury. They had veteran players coming off the bench and ready to play. Mm-hmm. When you are a veteran player on the bench, you know your role. You know right. you're going to be on the bench, and you're going to play once in a while. Mm-hmm. When you're a young guy, I mean, I mean, imagine yourself being young, and you want to do everything. Right. Like right now, we're a little more seasoned veterans, right? Uh, um, and we know our role. But when you're young... You don't know what you, you know what you want to do, mm-hmm. and you try to do it. And when you get a chance to do it, that's when we make mistakes as, as humans. Mm-hmm. You're young, you get a chance, 
Boom. Nobody makes it in the first try. Like right. you didn't, carry, You right. didn't, uh, Randy, Brooke. Well, um, Matt, he did it because he's, you know, he's the rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does everything. So it's, 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 it's hard to get it right the first time. And mm-hmm. these guys are still trying to get it right. And look at uh, Nolan Gorman. Last season, he comes up. He boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, he's struggling. He's struggling. He's struggling. People, oh, send him down. Send him down. They kept him up. This season, a completely different Nolan Gorman. Why? Because he has a season under his belt. He gets it up here in his head. He gets it in his heart. And he now he knows his role. He's like, I'm going to be at the H. And once in a while, I'm going to spot Nolan at third or somebody else at second. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have that assurance, you go to sleep with a lot of ease. You wake up excited to get to the park. The Cardinal Spanish language play-by-play man, Polo Asensio. By the way, somebody texts in and says, Polo, Americans just look for any excuse to drink margaritas. Right. That's Cinco de Mayo right there. Chips, salsa, margaritas, and a beer. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. And uh, hopefully you and Brooke are going to uh, – we've got a little uh, uh, video going on. Can we announce this? Is it going to happen? We, uh, um, we, are, uh, we are flirting with each other. Good. <laughs> even though even though I'm a married man and she's about to be a married woman, we are flirting with each other. And there's nothing better than flirting with people. You know, it yeah. brings excitement. It brings emotions. It brings people feel good. Yes. So Brooke and I, we're flirting with each other right now. And perhaps as this relationship moves to the next step, as I hope it does. I hope so, too. You will hear the announcements. But, yeah, we're cooking. Estamos right. cocinando algo bien sabroso. Something that I hope is... We all think about, oh, we're going to do something different, something different. But uh, I think this is going to be something a little different than what uh, we're used to here in San Luis. I mean, it, it worked before for me, uh, doing it in Spanish with, with different people. Uh, COVID killed that one. No pun intended. Sorry if, if I, you know. Don't yeah. worry about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but COVID, you know, like, like there are a lot of businesses and things right. like that. And, and obviously a lot of people. But uh, let's try to pick pick it up and, and do something um, something fun, something different that we hope uh, Cardinal Nation and perhaps Baseball Nation will will enjoy. Baseball Entertainment Show. Love this. Think of it that way. We're going to have video. It is going to be a podcast. We're still working on the name. I didn't That's know the about name. the video part. I'm, yeah. I'm all good with voice, but <laughs> video next to Brooke. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ugly already next to this amazing, talented, beautiful girl you guys have here. I'm going to look even uglier. So, hey, Beauty and the Beast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you said it because I was going to. Uh, you and Benji have the call tonight. Cards yes, Tigers, we do. Right? Tonight and every night, home games. 880 La Tremenda. We also we are we are on XM Radio, one, channel 179, the MLB at Bad App. And uh, as we mentioned before, we have a network now. So Ozarks, Indiana, all over the place. You can listen to Paul Asensio, Benji Molina. And trust me, even when the things don't go right on the field, the Spanish broadcast is always having a lot of fun. Mm, great. We love you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That's and a girl. Great. Polo Asensio with us on 101 ESPN. You're going to hear a lot and see a lot of Polo here uh, with 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Kentucky Derby is this weekend, and we've got a really good Kentucky Derby preview for you coming up on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Here in the opening drive is we study sports a lot. I mean, all day long. Sports. We are studying sports stuff. 
And with the Kentucky Derby <laughs> tomorrow, we have Brooke and Carrie and Randy taking a, taking it upon ourselves to study the the horses in the Derby. And Matthew has set up a little game to test us on our our knowledge of Kentucky Derby ponies. So right now, what Matthew is going to do is tell us about this game that we're going to play. And then he's going to uh, implement this game. Matthew, what do you got? So I have five sets of four. And in all of these sets, there are three horses that have won a Kentucky Derby. Okay. And in one, and there is one horse that I could not find ever being named this in, in a very long list of searching. So okay. there's three real horses in here. There's one fake one. And you guys have to spot the fake one for me in each Let's of go. these groups. So right. are you guys ready here to make your guesses? So group number one right out of the gates. Animal Kingdom, Excalibur, War Emblem, or Count Turf? Which one is the fake one? Which one one is the fake one? Animal Kingdom, Excalibur, War Emblem, or Count Turf? Okay, so do you want to do this per group? Yes. You you go ahead, Randy. Who you got? I think Animal Kingdom is the one that has not won a Kentucky Derby. Okay, I'm going to go Count Turf as not real. I, I also put down Count Turf. Wow, just a complete no for Excalibur. It's actually wow. not a Kentucky that made Derby. Sense to me. I, I, heard that yeah, I know, yeah. I know that's, that's why the game works. Let's go on to the next one. We got four here for you. Majestic Prince, Northern Dancer, Dark Star, or Imitation Game. Majestic Prince, Northern Dancer, Dark Star, or Imitation Game. Okay. I'm going to go. I'll go first this time. I'll go with Dark Star. Okay. I'm going to go with Northern Dancer. And I'm going to go with Imitation Game. Randy Carricker gets the first point on the ball. Imitation Game is actually a movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch about World War II, ladies and gentlemen. Not a Kentucky Derby winning horse. It's a fantastic (laughs) movie. You should watch it. (laughs) This is why the game works. It's about Alan (laughs) Turing. It's fantastic. Now we're the callers on the fight. Here we go. Set number three. All right. We have winning colors. I'll have another. Mind that bird. And why the long face? Why the long face? Winning colors. I'll have another. Mind that bird. And why the long face? Randy Carricker? Why the long face? Okay. I'll have another. Winning colors. Randy Carricker's on the board with the second one. Why the long face? of how quickly he said it, but then it just it wouldn't make it as The fun. other three I knew had won. <laughs> there, there, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew Mind That Bird oh one God. sticks out. But I knew Mind That I, Bird I did not remember uh, I'll, ha- or win- I'll Have Another or Winning Colors. Why would you name colors. your horse I have, I'll Have Another? Because all the other good mean? names are taken. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Another win. Set number four here. Randy Carricker, by the way, he is, he's up 2 oh, zero, 0 You guys have to clean this here to tie him <sighs> up and not lose this here. So, group number four. Big Brown, Fusachi Pegasus, Thunder Gulch or Angel of Death? Big Brown, Fusachi Pegasus, Thunder Gulch or Angel of Death? You go first, Brooke. Angel of Death? Is that a question or is that a, is that like that like a question? I'm going to go Thunder Gulch. Okay. Angel of Death never won a Kentucky Derby. Randy Carricker has Come sealed the on. winning. <laughs> 
points on the board. I we know, only but have you one left. But he has three. He has three. He has three correct. You Where have one correct, my... and there's only one more to I, go. I, I Brooke need Grimsley, a buzzer. You got on the board. That's all I'm saying. Good job there. It was in fact Angel of Death has never won a Kentucky <laughs> Derby. And our final group here: Spend a Buck, Genuine Risk, Bold Forbes, or Certified Gold. Spend a Buck, Genuine Risk, Bold Forbes, or Certified Gold. Certified Gold. Gary Davis? What was the second one? Uh, genuine Risk. I'm going to go with that one. And Randy Carricker? Certified Gold. Randy Carricker and Brooke Grimsley, the only ones on the board. Randy Carricker oh. finishes with the, oh, the right. five. Boy. Brooke Grimsley got two at the quickly. end. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know much about horses. <laughs> you don't have a horse in the game? Is that what you're we're on to Cincinnati. Unbelievable. I don't know how you got four out of five of those right, Randy. That's insane. The process of elimination. You were listing off ones that I knew had won. Oh. And then oh, the, uh, a couple of those names were from the 60s. Yeah, in the 50s. It's Randy Carriker. <laughs> okay, fine. Rock. Apparently, I need to put more Kentucky Derby trivia on the, on the fight. What the hell is it, man? No, because they'll actually do yeah, well right, in that. Yeah, you'll do good well. By the way, Guess what we have? What? Oh, oh, Thomas Rhett. Thomas, Thomas Rhett tickets. There Thomas Rhett tickets. Nope. Do you declare? I do <laughs> declare. <laughs> I declare. Okay, you gotta, here, you got to do it with that voice. Oh, with Southern, that Southern voice? Southern I don't know if Southern, I can do Southern that. Bell this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> Thomas Rhett has a ticket giveaway, open and drive. This. Oh, well, I'm reading the very top. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 101 ESPN has your chance to score free tickets to see Thomas Rhett with special guests. I hear he's great. Cole Swindell on Saturday, May 20th at Enterprise Center. Tickets are on sale right now. Or you can text in to win Thomas Rhett tickets at 314-399-9646. I do declare this sounds like a great giveaway. Were you an extra in Gods and Generals, Lord Almighty? The, the trivia question four, today. Six. The trivia question today. Texter number twenty-two. Who? Which horse won the twenty twenty-two Kentucky Derby? That's the your, your winner today. Texter number twenty-two with the winner of the twenty twenty-two Kentucky Derby gets their tickets to Thomas Rhett. All right. Hey, uh, Polo Asensio is guaranteed a Cardinal victory tonight, and we're going to miss it because we're not here on Saturday. <laughs> But we'll be back for more of our dismay on Monday as the Cardinals drop two of three to the Tigers. Uh, <laughs> the, hey, do, they, do they win the first, se- first gonna, game? Gonna of win the, the first game. Okay, there we go. Going to win the first game of a series. How right. about that? Let's do it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, great job today and this week by our producer engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. He's get, he gets to go to the game. Well, he has to go to the games. He, he has to go. He gets to. <laughs> to he has to. That changed quickly. <laughs> Brooke, great job as always. Yes, this is fun. Uh, CD. Hey, and we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of this show. For all of us, until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.